Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. What's up, Gypsy gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast, and I'm stoked to bring you this one. Uh, Everybody knows that I'm a pretty big Tyler Berriman fanboy and I think what Tyler just did and just pulled off with uh, the help of the guys at Red Bull, um, Jason Baker building the track and then Wes Williams with the production and the ops crew, these guys have just pulled off something um, pretty special and obviously it's very fresh, it's very in the moment um, right now, but I really, really think that this Imagination 2.0 event um, is a bit of a, I guess, a turning point in the freestyle, uh, sorry, the free ride landscape. And um, I really think, we talk about it in the podcast, but I really think that TB sort of cemented himself as almost like the Travis Rice um, of this discipline and, and of two wheels to bring these guys together and to, to put these guys first almost in a way. So uh, Tyler's fresh off the plane. He just got back from Kansas, uh, was in LA for a day and then came straight in to do the podcast. So he pretty much hasn't even been home yet. So um, just wanted to uh, get him on, talk about the craziness that went down um, because there's just so much more that goes into these um, into these productions and then what you end up seeing on youtube so super stoked on this one um congratulations to everybody that pulled this off and uh pretty excited to see where this all goes in the future but before we get into this episode of the podcast we are just going to bring you some messages from our sponsors uh we're brought to you today once again by the guys at anti-gravity batteries do me a favor go to anti-gravitybatteries.com Uh, These guys are the number one lightweight lithium battery available in the market. Now, they do motorsport batteries. Um, These are used on the factory Kawasaki team. Uh, They're used on the Star Racing team. Uh, They're used on the Pro Circuit team. These guys make literally the best batteries in the world um, for your dirt bike. They are a super lightweight design that just slides straight into your OEM slot um, for battery. So they also do a bunch of other accessories as well, uh, like their micro start, jump starter. They do uh, deep cycle um, 
batteries for like cars and trucks and then they do a bunch of other uh charges and accessories um there's i'm, I'm about to do uh an order with these guys because their products are honestly um insane so like things like their ps45 they've got a portable power station um that basically you can charge like a wall plug you get like four or five laptop charges in it it's got two usb ports um they do solar panels uh to charge batteries they've got their like i said they've got their micro start which again usb you can jump start your car um these guys do everything batteries and it's not just moto where these guys get used they get used in like trophy trucks they get used in uh jet skis uh speed boats um trust me when i say that these guys are, are the best in the world at what they do um the crew there uh fans of gypsy tales and that's how this relationship came about and that is how i love these kind of relationships to go so antigravitybatteries.com trust me get on there have a look you will not be disappointed uh, you'll also won't be disappointed when you head to mxstore.com.au uh, these guys largest in australia parts and accessories for your dirt bike and not only that they've just got so much other rad stuff going on uh in the australian industry like the show and shine um that was on a couple of weeks ago uh their wreckers to checkers series they're always uh sponsoring different events around australia so massive for the industry um they've been massive for myself personally um a lot of what is in my shed uh, comes out of their Gold Coast, uh, their Gold Coast showroom. So mxstore.com.au. If you order before 2 p.m., you are going to get same day shipping. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Fist Handware. You can head to fisthandware.com. Uh, Gypsy Gang is going to get you 15% off there, as well as Dixon uh, DixonQuality.com.au. Gypsy Gang is going to get you 20% off there as well. Also, we're brought to you by the guys at Rival Inc. You can head to rivalincdesignco.com. Uh, and those boys are going to get you dialed in with the best graphics in Australia. Also head to their YouTube channel. They've been doing some really, really cool stuff, showing you exactly what it takes to be the best in the world uh, at making dirt bike graphics. Uh, and finally, the guys at Crick's Tweed. You can head to crickstweed.com.au for any new or used vehicle. Uh, the reason I can get to the track is because of the legends at Crick's uh, and my Mitsubishi Triton. So... All right, that's it for the ads. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, Gypsy Tales Podcast, for the full episodes uh, on YouTube. We're doing our best to get those out to you guys. Um, it's it's quite hard, actually, when we do the US studio. Like, there's some technical stuff that we're still trying to figure out. Uh, so that's where the delay comes from on those shows. So we're working hard. Rones is busting his ass. Jake is working hard as well. Um, but yeah, Gypsy Tales Podcast for the second channel for the full YouTube videos. Obviously, Gypsy Tales for all the clips and highlights from the podcast. Uh, shoot me a message on Instagram. Head to our merch store, gypsytales.com. Uh, that helps a lot. And yeah, support our sponsors that support us. Um, these guys, uh, yeah, they're killing it. Also, uh, not officially a, a show sponsor as such, uh, but I just wanted to give uh, a massive shout out to the guys at MX Tech Suspension. Uh, they just released their brand new complete fork. Uh, these guys have been working on it for a really long time. Um, I've got a set of their suspension here in Australia. It is absolutely incredible. Um, and I really, I, that's this stuff just froths me out. Like a company that's just private that can go and go to work and make such a great product. Um, 
Um, I've been riding their Natty Shock, uh, which is their complete shock body, uh, and now they've uh, transferred this over into the fork game. It's a 49 mil fork, so hit up at MX Tech Suspension on Instagram if you want to check it out. But like I said, not officially a full show sponsor as such, but just wanted to give those boys a shout out because um, yeah, they've been killing it to uh, bring that product product to market. <laughs> Did you just watch them all again? Yeah, I just well, I just watched that three. I waited. I was like, I was gonna watch it last night. And then I was like, fuck, I gotta wait right before we do this shit. <laughs> Pretty wild, huh? <clears throat> You're a fucking psycho. All, like, <laughs> literally, dude. Whoa, it's insane. Yeah, it was pretty fucked just because I, I twisted my ankle pretty bad the day before, cased that jump, yeah. and then uh, wasn't able to ride like that day. I could barely walk. So it was, but it was good because I wore so many hats. I was able to like take myself out of the heart of it and head first and just straight like take a step back and observe and just realize what I just created, you know? Yeah. Which is cool. Honestly, insane, bro. Like, I just can't tell you. Thank you. The fucking level that you guys took it to, man. Like, seriously. It was pretty nuts. And I was just, I was just showing Jacob photos of uh, the wall ride. The bottom of that wall is 15 feet off the ground. It's a fucking billboard. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> oh, dude. I, yeah, and that, was I'm, a, I'm, that was one of the first things that we had hit, too, which was even even gnarlier. And, like, everyone, dude, everyone was fucking sending it. Yeah. Yeah, even the new kids, too. Like, you bring them in, and it's not easy with all that pressure, all the cameras in your face, and the structured format and whatever like it was pretty laid back and free ride compared to last year but once it got to competition day it's scary you know but everyone handled yeah, it could, everyone handled it like champ yeah you could see the vibe change too like it come through even on the video yeah um, for are sure. we good to go it, that was, yeah oh sweet well we'll just fucking rip in then mate um all right Tyler Berriman, Gypsy Tales, appearance number. I don't know what you're up to, but you're up there Six now. Or nine. You're getting up there. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, you know what, though? This one's disappointing, not doing it in person. This is our first one yeah, we know. haven't been in person. We've got so lucky for the fact that like we've been able to be in person doing this shit every time. Yeah, we really have, man. It's been, uh, it's been a blessing to do that, but I guess we got to drink our beers from a distance yeah boy i'm on the uh i'm on the mac soy, <laughs> coffee soy with, like, <laughs> flat white right now. Uh, it's lady. all right i'm, I'm just um, kidding i'm just kidding folks it's just water it's clear yeah, h2o baby um all right so i just finished watching red bull imagination th- uh, 2.0 and you gonna change the game baby <laughs> Um, yeah, man, just actually got back this morning. I've been gone for 44 days and, uh, that's the longest stint I've ever been gone at one time. So, uh, I was actually back East working on a project. Actually can't really talk about it too much, but short, long story short, I was doing some stunts for, uh, an upcoming show coming out. So, um, yeah, that was super cool. I was there for a month and, um, 
it was it was cool but i just wasn't on the ground like last year at imagination i was there the whole time i was watching it come to life i was envisioning these jumps over and over and over again and and by the time it came time to throw the gear on and hit them i knew exactly what to do exactly what gear and just kind of I don't know I could feel it so this year was a little gnarlier just being away for that long and just contacting Jason over the phone and and uh through FaceTime and like you know FaceTime never gives stuff perspective so by the time I actually was able to show up I I worked a week straight of nights and then literally went to the hotel slept and packed my stuff slept an hour and then flew straight to Kansas so I was on a crazy schedule by the time I got there and um, yeah, dude, I was pretty mind blown just to show up and, and see the course. Like obviously last year <clears throat> we built what we did in 21 days and, you know, we kind of ran out of time to ultimately do what we wanted. So this year, like the foundation of the course last year was still there. Mm. Hadn't been touched for a year. It had a ton of weather on it. So everything like obviously compacted really well. And, um, yeah, it was super cool to have that, but we also, <clears throat> we came into it this year, like, you know, we wanted to add all those things that we didn't get to last year. So, mm. um, yeah, the, the whole overall vibe of the thing was just have so many options for a five minute run, more or less like our version of a dirt skate park. Like you can't hit all the jumps in five minutes, like go and like kind of put your line together. And what's cool about this whole thing is it's, it's free riding, man. Like everyone has their own little like niche of it. Mm. Right. So there's, there's the, the jib style section of the course of the course this year was broke down into three zones. So the jib section, the big dog section, and then like the one side that was the K-Dub's kingdom. So I know to K-Dub cause he's famous for his transfers, you know? So, um, it was more or less like a dirt skate park, but there was options to go from one section to the other and kind of just options to link it all together. So that was the whole overall vibe of this was just to create so many options and how to put it together. And that's what was cool about it was <clears throat> everyone's pretty good at their own little thing. So obviously like I felt pretty comfortable in the big dogs. Axel kicked all of our asses in the jib section. Um, and then the K-Dubs Kingdom was just super creative. Like, you know, you could take the size of all the jumps and, and you could look at one jump, just a double, and you can make four to six jumps out of one double. So um, the opportunities were unbelievably endless. And uh, it was just cool to take, like m when I was running basically the riders meetings and kind of telling all these athletes, like first and foremost, this whole thing is based off of content. We're here to like create the sickest content we can and show people how badass free riding is, right? So, that was the whole overall vibe and then you know each each person kind of like took what i said and it was like they actually ran with it like they were looking at side to jumps and transfers and this and that and not just like a, a course you know so um yeah. overall i think everyone really used the course to its potential everyone kind of saw different transfers and lines and um i know there will be more content coming out showing some full polls of the full runs and stuff but um that was the biggest thing this year having twice as big of a course, twice as many riders, um, all compacted into three episodes was really hard to show. I mean, if you're showing 12 five minute runs, that's a full feature film and that's just one run. So, um, yeah, we had two five minute runs and kind of sweet to see everyone put it all together. And the biggest thing, like I didn't want to, you know, I built the gnarliest course. I did not want my friends to get hurt. Like when we first showed up, mm. everyone was pretty much like shit in their pants. Like, 
this is super gnarly, but everything that Jason builds, he builds with a purpose. So, um, mm-hmm. coming out of the, the turns, like ever there's tight pockets and stuff, but it's all built to maximize your power. So the craziest thing about that whole course, the biggest jumps, probably 150, 145, 150. The step down that I hit was, didn't even tape it out, but that thing was pretty big too. But every single jump was third gear or second, second or third. So yeah, for as big as it was, it was built perfect to just maximize your power. So, um, that was cool, man. Cool to see everyone kind of, you know, take it slow and overcome their fears. Like every jump out there is one of the scariest, but one of the most fun. So, um, yeah, just so cool to see everyone step out of their comfort zone and everyone handled it. Last year we had seven riders and we ended with four for the final day because people got hurt. And this year we had 12 riders and um, only two crashes, one little low side by double D. And then obviously Sipes stalled it in the air. That was pretty gnarly. So glad he walked away and yeah, they call him the gen- they don't call him the general for no reason. He came back and crushed it the next day. So, um, and then I had one case and um, pretty much set me back for one day. But uh, other than that, like to pull 12 people over there, I think there was 85 confirmed jumps on the course to get everyone over all that in one piece was, uh, yeah, man, icing on the cake for sure. Yeah, dude, it, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's hard for people to know in the moment just how impactful that's going to be for the sport. I think, you know, like even, like, you know my bro, Matty, like, Matty's not like an over-the-top dude, and he walked into the office yesterday, and he's like, holy fuck, bro, you need to watch Imagination. And it's like, he's talking to somebody that like, I've been around and seen a lot of that shit, you know, like he knows where the level's at. And then for for him to walk in, you know, the shit he's dealing with every single day is fucking super cool stuff. And he walks in, he's just like, wait, stop everything. Stop what you're doing and watch this fucking video. (laughs) And it's like, uh, and that's the impact it's having on people now. But I think when we start playing this out in a few years time, I think people are going to look back at this event in particular and be like, oi, this this is where everything changed for free riding. Yeah, most definitely. I think um, the whole thing with it, like, was all about creating content, obviously. So um, just to see and have all my friends there, like some of the gnarliest dudes, a couple new new kids, like up-and-comers that, you know, mm. kind of making a name for themselves and, uh, for every single person to leave and say it was the most fun they've ever had on a dirt bike. And, you know, when I have dudes like Axel and Colby and even Josh Hill and Sipes and, and Cole and all these dudes that, you know, racer backgrounds They've and done Colby and Axel. Yeah. And Colby and Axel of being free riders. Like they've done a lot of really cool shit and for them to leave and say that was the most fun week they've ever had is like, makes it all worth it and then on top of that you get like ronnie feist and matto and and twitch and steve hogglestein like free ride legend you know and obviously twitch being a free ride legend too and they all leave and they're like dude i've never seen anything like this this was some of the baddest mm-hmm. riding that we've seen and just the craziest course and like they just they were all leaving with like uh you know just kind of super stoked and and it uh it just made it all worthwhile like i said i wore so many hats there was so much on the back end that people don't see that went into this to make this happen and uh you know i'm there i'm being host i'm athlete i'm helping produce and direct this i'm running all the writers meetings to mediate between production and writers and then i'm in captain's meetings at the end of the day to tell 
tell them what our schedule's looking like and, and so on and so forth. I'm in the media trailers watching all the footage afterwards and sitting there with those dudes while they're editing it. And like, I was getting pulled in a million directions, but you know, it makes it so worthwhile at the end of it when you see like what, you know, what you've created, you know? And, and the biggest thing, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten a bit of pushback, I would say a little bit from just people think that it's a freestyle contest and it's not mm. it's a free ride contest so the way i look at it like you know back in the day and in my opinion and don't i don't want people to take this the wrong way because i have i'm really good friends with most of all the freestylers these days and i love all those dudes to death and i love everything they're doing and progressing the sport but it's gotten to a point where the tricks are so gnarly you have to have a certain ramp angle at a certain distance to do a certain trick and that's kind of in mm. my opinion why x fighters kind of dwindled away a little bit was because it just gotten it got too structured kind of you know and it wasn't took the fun out of it so to be able to build a course like this and it's not all about like the biggest trick like yes i think it'll progress into that and we'll figure out how to some of these guys will figure out how to trick this stuff and whatever, but this is all about creativity and it's your form of expression mm. through a dirt bike. It doesn't have to be the biggest trick. It's just all about like the end of the day, having fun and like piecing it all together, creating cool content. And it doesn't have to be the biggest whip, doesn't have to be the biggest trick, like all that. It's just when dudes take the course and break it down like Ryan Sipes did and he hit, like mm. I don't even know how that dude remembered his line cause he hit the sides of this and that and that and like went if you were to take the track map and follow his line, it would look, had yeah. to look like a spider web over it afterwards, you know? So, um, it's not all about the biggest trick and believe me, like with this whole thing, like I wish I could just invite everybody, but I can't, you know, little by little, I think we can get there with a lot of hard work, but, um, just, yeah, the biggest thing of, I don't want to create a separation between freestyle or free riding, but it's just, it's just different. Like I've, I come from a racing background. I don't do tricks and I've been able to create this path for myself by doing, you know, whips and, and creating content and whatever. So I'm yeah, the biggest thing yeah. for me is creating that lane for the next generation that it's not all about race results and wins, but you can go out there and create content and enjoy what you're doing and and ultimately like use your imagination like no dreams too big kids you know so um the biggest thing is yeah just opening that up for the next generation and and you know like creating a lane for the kids coming up that are like me that don't have to go out and do the biggest tricks or don't have to go win a supercross championship like we're in this digital age of all creating content and at the end of the day you know that you're not going to remember results from a few years ago in certain races and whatever like the the content lives forever so um yeah it's ultimately what i'm trying to create and you know there's so many guys that are so deserving of a spot and i know like <clears throat> again i'll get there hopefully we can open it up to more and more people but this is all a massive work in progress like we're learning as we go and trying to create something cool and ultimately give other people opportunities that wouldn't normally get them. So that's kind of where I'm trying to push this in that direction. But, um, you know, I get, I get a lot of pushback. Like I want to bring all my friends. I have so many friends that are so dope on a bike that should be there, but I just couldn't invite everybody at one time, you know? So, um, eventually we'll get there, but I just, how 
how well it went from year one to two and we took what we learned from year one and kind of implemented that and tried to fix it and make it better for year two and just more or less four riders by riders we're all you know we don't like getting put in a box so yeah having that creative freedom was the coolest part last year we had red bull signature series in there and it was kind of like you got to drop it this time for tv and yeah so on and so forth well this year it was like okay all the writers were able to go sit with the filmers the night before and tell them their line so we had all the filmers and we had a like five minute break in between runs where the filmers could go move around and put the filmers in the best spot to ultimately get the best shots for the riders for their run you know what i mean so the ball was in our court this is all about creating content but ultimately like riding with your homies and then at the end of the day you have so over the three days of the three sessions of each section we basically filmed each section and got it dialed like right away from each day filmed all the pieces and all the options from every section and then once we got to day before finals we open up the full course and let people start putting it together so yeah. those free ride sessions on each jump each day was just like the camaraderie between the riders the vibe like everything and ultimately when you're not put in a box and forced to go out there and beat your competitor at say x games or whatever you're gonna get the best riding when you have that when you're having that much camaraderie and fun yeah. between each other. Yeah. So ultimately having those sessions, like I think you saw the best riding and and then ultimately opening it up to an open course the last day and <clears throat> letting people put it all together. But the best part about it was we had like five judges on on the judging panel judging our runs, but the riders also got to judge on all the the rest of the riders you know so we're judging on each other so our riders votes mattered just as much as our legend votes right so it was so cool to have the camaraderie between everyone and and the riders are judging over the whole entire week when the judges are just judging on the runs right so everyone is paying attention to who's hitting shit first and who's you know what I mean? It was just super cool vibe, I think. And like, <clears throat> again, the biggest thing with this, it's a massive work in progress and we were learning as we go. And I think we did a lot better from year one to two or a lot better year two from year one. So, um, again, we just keep learning as we go and trying to just keep making this, this better and better. And, um, honestly, like for how gnarly 2.0 was, could you imagine 3.0? No. <laughs> That's gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> My wheels are already turning, man. Me and Baker left there, and that was the first thing we did. We went and took a step back and just soaked it all in for a minute. And um, yeah, our wheels are already turning, dude. Uh, so we'll get you pretty much have laid out the three-hour <laughs> podcast for us. But now we just need to <laughs> dissect <laughs> everything that you said. There's so much good shit in here to talk about. Um, but before we do that. You became the Travis Rice of two wheels this weekend, in my opinion. And I'll elaborate on that um, comparison because the biggest thing that I saw with Travis Rice from that's it, that's all to art of flight, you know, like that, that sort of span. Like, I feel like you're at the beginning of that journey that Travis Rice was on, right? And it, it got pretty clear pretty early on in the Travis Rice journey that it wasn't about him and his riding. 
that he was really about the sport and the other riders and then the next group of riders. And it seems like for these kind of sports, uh, like the free ride type sports, it takes a guy to kind of put the sport on their back. Uh, and then I think you're in the perfect position with Red Bull um, because of how inclusive they are to, to athletes and, you know, the way that they commit to running events. And so, like, you've got the platform. And, man, like, it's been your deal ever since I met you. Like, you were always the guy that was, like, down to get on a shovel, down to hit a jump first. It's like this version of you has been the same forever, but there's been this really slow evolution to now you're kind of yeah you're like really hitting this part of the curve and you could you could watch in those episodes um you know episodes one and two like you're the fucking guy that is like taking the risks by jumping these things first like you're towing every blade it this whole time it, it did seem like you were more about this event working than you winning this event and that's a that's a real Travis Rice style approach. Um, and you look at this event, um, you know, compared to the, like the one that, that Travis run, like his backcountry event, it's like, man, you're, you're doing for this sport what Travis Rice did for snowboarding. And mate, it's fucking, it's pretty special. Well, thank you for the kind words. I really, really appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> at the end of the day, man, like I've never been the dude that's won everything and you know I'm competitive I do like to win it's nice but the biggest thing on this whole especially this year last so my whole plan when I took this to Red Bull three and a half years ago um, my whole plan was to just basically invite build an insane course invite my friends film it come up with like a really cool content plan show it to Red Bull and be like, look, you can turn this into a contest, right? So that was our goal. That was what we had planned going into year one. Obviously, COVID hit. And then about six weeks before Red Bull Rampage had gotten canceled and then Signature Series kind of stepped in and wanted to do a live show and a contest. And it put a lot of pressure on me. And I kind of was like, like I was very, very humbled that it was happening that quickly, but it was like, whoa, 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 this puts a lot of pressure on me mm. to have to produce, right? Because if I don't produce the first year, then it's over. So we ended up meeting in the middle. We did a delayed live. So we did the episodes while we were there. And then the signature series of the actual contest day came out like a few months later. So um, that was cool and all, but you know, I think there was a lot of work to be done and a lot of kinks to work through before you actually put a contest on it. Cause at the end of the day, free riding is so subjective. Everyone has their own style and flavor to it. And, you know, and like, it's, it's so much different than, than anything else. So <clears throat> that was what I kind of wanted it to be. And then obviously since we did the contest the first year, and I basically took the course of what it was in my last run last year, I started doing transfers and what my original goal was and what I was trying to tell the writers, like, look, you don't have to look at it as just a single line and, and one run. Like look at the sides of the jumps look and be creative. Like you have a five minute run, the start to finish of the course is only two and a half minutes. Like, use that five minutes get creative you know and I kind of was the only one to do that and I think a lot of people are like oh like 
Tyler shouldn't have won. And I, ha I honestly hate the fact that I put together this whole thing in a contest and I won my own contest because it looks bad. You're like, oh, Tyler won. Tyler set it up for himself. He won his contest. Like, you know, and I didn't want that. And that's why ultimately I just wanted the best riders in, in our game to come. So that's why this year it was like, honestly, it was like, I'm glad I didn't win, you know, like, and those dudes, trust me, those guys did not make it easy. Those guys absolutely crushed it and they pushed the boundaries of what could be done there. So that's what was cool. But at the end of the day, I told all the riders, like, this is a quote unquote contest. Like you were riding and jamming with our buddies all week long for the greater good of our sport and showing people how cool what we do is right. So then it gets to the last day and you open it up and it feels a little more like a contest vibe, but like way more laid back Four riders by riders. We got to put the filmers where we wanted and ultimately just creating that like free ride vibe. That's not, you know, people don't really see in moto. So, um, yeah, man, I think super inspired by obviously Travis Rice, everything that he's done, um, slope style, snowboarding, slope style mountain biking red bull rampage yeah. um pretty much all fest these series. like bmx park fest series all this stuff like fest series was a huge catalyst to this whole thing because i've been to fest series events for years and ridden my dirt bike with the mo or with the mountain bike guys and it's just such a cool vibe they ride all week they film they get the best shots they put out a video and then all the riders vote on who won best trick best crash like all this stuff at the end of the week so just that vibe and that camaraderie ultimately pushes our sport in the right direction because yeah. we're it's a friendly rivalry pushing people to do be their best right so when you have those sessions and stuff like that it's like ultimately the best riding is going to come so that's what i was just trying to create and pound in these guys heads like it's free riding like i might hit the biggest jumps but jimmy hill might do mini flips on everything but it's all a form of expression and like how cool what we do is so ultimately at the end of the day to go back to like the Travis Rice thing like I'm just trying to push this in the right direction of creating an avenue for other kids because like if you look at mountain biking like all those guys got over free FMB world championship series like slope style events so they've created free riding and fest series and like obviously rampage was a thing so like it's another outlet for these guys and they kind of get over some one certain thing and like just being able to go out there and create something cool and like a course or something and just have your form of expression through your bike is like it's key so yeah man i'm just really stoked that it's i'm pushing it in the right direction and ultimately like this whole thing like people think probably i'm getting paid a stupid amount of money to do this i'm yeah i got paid i paid myself as much as i paid the rest of the riders i didn't make anything else on top of it i do this purely because i love it and i want to push this sport in the right direction and and just show the kids like create a lane for these kids coming up it's not about just being number one and having to ride for mitch payton or roger DeCosta or whatever like you can have other avenues and and you know there's so many kids you see come through and they're so gnarly and amateurs and they get to the pros and they just yeah. don't really figure it out and like you know it's like you see just having guys like Cole Seeley and Josh and like obviously those guys have had amazing careers and then coming back out but they're having the most fun that they've ever had and that's all ultimately what it's about so um yeah man just so stoked it went as well as it did and I know we're a year out but I'm already my wheels are turning on 3.0 and 
how to make it better. And, you know, I, I need people. I really, really need people to just stand there for one hour on the floor or next to that course, just to see the magnitude of it. You know, as, yeah. as well as, as I do, footage never gives anything justice. When you're standing on the hill at Rampage, yes, it looks gnarly, but until you stand on one of those cliffs and look off the cliff, it is fucked up, straight up. Like, excuse my French, <laughs> yeah. but it is, it is gnarly. And that's a similar vibe of like going to imagination when you stand on the floor and I bring all my friends out for the first time and the, the, um, the impression of like everyone just went from like super stoked and smiling to like oh my gosh like what did we get ourselves into you know but that was the biggest thing for me is I was pulling everyone over the jumps I was taping all the jumps out like look guys I know this looks gnarly but it's built perfectly just trust yourself if any one of these jumps were out in the hills we wouldn't bat an eye to them so Mm. that's like the biggest thing was just getting everybody through it safely and being comfortable with it and um yeah like the camaraderie me like i'm so freaking stoked to see my friends throw down and then turn around and like get hyped up to go throw down yourself you know so that was the biggest part like the camaraderie and us being mic'd up like it just gives you that feel like you're there you know what i mean and like just the that was something to be said about that you don't see that a lot in moto and just the camaraderie that we had and like you know just pat people's past beefs and and whatever and bringing all these guys together and ultimately everyone had the most fun week ever and put their egos aside and it was all about like enjoying your dirt bike and facing your fears so yeah man i'm just so incredibly stoked it went so well and uh, i'm stoked to be home in my own bed oh dude yeah i can't even imagine that's a that is a big stint to be away um the it, it must feel so surreal to be able to like have the impact that you wanted to have like because i know that this is what you you oh, fuck oh you there oh, i just cut it out for me sorry um no can you hear me i got you oh yeah sweet um can you hear me yeah i mean i i yeah yeah i got you okay yeah because i know that uh this is the impact that you wanted to have and i know that you wanted to do these kind of events and i know that this has been just such like a bigger picture aspiration for you so it must feel crazy to actually be pulling off the stuff that you said you were going to do to other people and that you said that you're going to do to yourself and to red bull like that that has to be a crazy feeling to be living in the thing that you wanted to be living in 100 percent. i think the biggest way i look at things is under promise and over deliver and Ultimately, in my head, I had knew how I wanted it to go, and I worked my freaking ass off to do that all week and running in a million directions to the point of having to, like, all right, guys, like, you got to leave me alone. I got to put the athlete ha- helmet on now. You know what I mean? I got to turn in from producer, host, all this stuff to I got to be an athlete now. So, um, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy just to ultimately, like, you could probably see in the episodes I I towed everyone where it was 85 jumps I probably hit maybe 80 of them and first to tow everyone over them and then I was like okay like you gotta hit it in this gear like you know the whole moto lingo like this gear like burp, 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 you know and uh, everything was exactly like that so as soon as I would do it and I'd be like alright you wanna tow follow me you wanna tow follow me so I did that all week to just 
you know, and for me to get through all those jumps as good as I did with only one case and like pull everyone over it. And then obviously I twisted my ankle pretty bad when I cased that jump. And, uh, I had to take the full day off on Thursday. And the fact that I was, I was kind of, you know, when I'm in pain, I get frustrated and it like, I I was kind of a little bummed out, like, fuck, like, am I going to not be able to ride tomorrow? I was in that much pain. Like, I'm tripping that I'm not going to be able to ride for the contest. And I just worked so hard to get to this point. And I did all these jumps over all the week. And and uh, I ended up, you know, luckily my physical therapist, Marco from Red Bull High Performance was there and he worked on me the whole day. And I kind of was able to take myself out of the heart of it on Thursday, the day before the contest. I was able to take myself out of the heart of it and just kind of sit up in the tower and just observe, take myself out of it and like take a step back and see what I created and just the fact of like having that day was just a blessing for me. I think like it refired me up for the next day. I knew I was in pain. I could barely walk. But once I put the boot on and the adrenaline rolls, like it's and there's no stopping you, you know, and I worked this hard to get to this point. So when I set my mind to do something, I'm going to do it at all costs. So uh, I was just stoked to be able to get through it in one piece and still land on the podium, and put the line together that I wanted. I did make a few mistakes. And I think if I cleaned it up, I would have been a little closer to those guys. But man, I was just stoked to do everything that I kind of wanted and, and, uh, you know, knock off all those jumps and get everyone through it in one piece was like, it it really couldn't have gone any better. Like I had, I had an idea of how I wanted it to go in my head and it exceeded my expectations tenfold and just straight up. Like the whole thing was like, it was my, this whole thing came out of my fucked up imagination and it exceeded my expectations so it's like beyond my imagination like it was i yeah i mean i just can't even put it into words how thankful i am that everyone got through it in one piece and uh everything went as smoothly as it did and i think so far the reaction's been really cool and um yeah man this makes this is why i do what i do you know the juice is worth the squeeze yeah man nah dude i'm fucking super proud of you like just to see the full trajectory of the last 10 11 years man it's just like it's just such a crazy journey that you know i guess it's pretty well documented like you know there's there's a lot out there on it but no this is like a really cool point to just stand for me anyway like as your mate just to stand back and be like look at what this motherfucker's done in 10 years like that's a that's like <laughs> yeah a, you know, it? it's like it's a career dude like that is a career 100%. worth of work that you've put in fear to Ask 10 year old me if I would have gotten this far, I would have told you that you were high. But at the end of the day, like, as you said, having the Red Bull platform, like I'm now in the position to like have that platform to have my voice heard, you know, and that's the biggest thing. Like I want to create something rad for free riding. It's not racing. It's not freestyle. It's like whatever you want it to be. You know, it could be out ripping trails. It could be like, Ryan Sipes, like as much as he's a racer, he's a free rider. He does flat track, he does enduro, he does motocross, he does supercross. He's now doing imagination. Like, only thing the dude hasn't done is ridden a street bike that I know of. Hill climb, every he's done everything. So like, but that's free riding. He's enjoying it. Like, look at him. He's one of the eldest in the field there, and he's having the most fun. So it's just ultimately like, free riding is the coolest thing ever because it's all just a, a form of expression and you know your dirt bike is your paintbrush and you go out there and you do whatever you want so um yeah man it's just stoked to be able to be in that position to push dirt bikes and you know in the right direction well there there is a renaissance that's happening with 
writing in general i mean like even for for me writing like i got my 125 now and i'm doing these 125 races and then i bought a vintage bike and i'm doing vintage races and then we got the transmoto series that we go and do like eight or 12 or six hour races as a team and like i and dude and then the other day you need to ride a fucking adventure bike have you ever been on one of those things i have ridden one a couple times there is so much shit to do on two wheels now man like it's actually For psycho sure. like i th- i think I'm i know i know we've been talking about it that shit. i know we've been talking about it for a few years now but we got to go do that trip in thailand through the hills yeah on the yeah. adventure bikes well, dude, looks so fun yeah and i think that you know like like you said ryan sipes like the general like he can do anything man and then you got josh hill that is one of the dopest dudes on a dirt bike right now you got axel doing what he's doing you got colby doing what he's doing you got justin mumford you got uh cole Sealy's doing his thing like there there is a real renaissance where people have have stepped outside of the traditional boxes that you know were kind of all right you're a racer you're a this you're a that like everyone kind of identified with these labels and now it's like it's it's almost like uh, that's kind of not the way that people want to go now it's like people want to just be like nah man i'm just a dirt bike rider i'm just a motorcyclist yeah absolutely and i think you know the biggest thing is people are at home like chomping at the bit to see this stuff you know and i feel like yeah like you can relate to what we're doing a little more being an average joe riding it on the weekends like kind of relate to what we're doing a little more than mm. just hammering motos and laps and being a champion and and the double backflips and you know it's just and again like i i never want to like be doing this and creating this and like make it think like oh i'm doing this because i don't like racing or i don't like freestyle i love absolutely everything to do with two wheels but this is just what has now gotten me to this spot. You know, I've been able to create my own path and do it how I want it on my own terms. And it's now gotten me to this point to now I have this opportunity and this platform to have my voice heard. And ultimately, like I said, just pushing Moto in the, in the right direction. So, um, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm honestly at loss for words. I'm pretty speechless. I'm still like the adrenaline come down is real. I'd say I've told yeah. a bunch of people, but it's a, uh, it's like a double edged sword. You know, you do something, you put your mind to something, you put that much work into something and you have a week straight of the craziest adrenaline of all time. Yeah. But then to get home and then it's all just like a huge come down and then you're like, Oh, like what's next? What's next? What's next? And you know, that's kind of, the way I've looked at it, every open door has led to another open door and all these opportunities have led to another opportunity and just, you know, things happen pretty quickly. I got to tend to like take a step back sometimes and, and realize yeah. that like, you know, I was able to last year do, and this just sounds like I'm like tooting my own horn, but I'm just taking a step back and realizing like I did the ducked out video with Matto and then I did the one shot video and that earned an Emmy, a sports Emmy. And then I did imagination 1.0, like all in one year, you know, just things just back to back to back. And you're just like constantly on the go. So sometimes you just, 
you got to slow yourself down, take a step back. But again, like I said, it feels like a double-edged sword. Like I'm, I just got home today and I'm like, Oh, like, fuck, what am I going to do next? You know? So, yes, but yeah, you're fucked that's, up. that's, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, you know, you, you never satisfied. Like you're always wanting to keep pushing and, and there's something to be said about that. Like once you're content and complacent, then that's when failure starts to happen. So, um, yeah, just always striving for more, man. Team never give up. Yeah, you're a fucking psycho. That's just <laughs> pretty certified at this point. <laughs> hey, it takes one to know one. <laughs> so uh, one of the cool things, so there's a couple cool little takeaways while it's still fresh, that last edit's still fresh in my mind. First thing is I actually think that the bigger jumps, like these big, big jumps that you guys are hitting, they actually make writer's style look different like it's really separates the style like you can see like a tb jump there's like more time in the air like you can really see more of your style and then you see colby hit a ramp you see axel you see Col- uh, i feel like sometimes the shorter jumps it makes riders look the same but the way that For this sure. course was it actually uh accentuates what you guys are doing on the bike i think just straight jumps even look cooler when the jump's so big because like you're exposed to more body language yeah absolutely and i think you know the bigger the jumps it's you know some most people aren't super comfortable on them so to be able to like take those whips and have just more airtime to accentuate your whips or just hang them out a little more get under them a little longer like it's all super cool you know you tend to like you look at whip contests these days like 75 ramp it's always the same and they're like whip has gotten to a point that it's like it's almost impossible to judge like everyone it could be their day any any given rider any given day could go out and win like you got three different whips and everyone's tossing and it's so like you know minute differences and it's so hard to judge so having something like this and bigger jumps and more options like it just it gives the riders like yeah just more hang time more more time to do cool shit so like again like you know there's anywhere from 75 jump 75 foot jumps on that course to 150 and you know you can the biggest thing about telling all the riders like you can link it all together like it's not this whole thing's not about like you have to hit all the biggest jumps like whatever you see goes there's zero there's there the only rule is there are no rules They're, like whatever you see goes it's all about creativity so like if you don't feel comfortable hitting the 140 and you want to session this like you can hit one jump over and over and over and do all your bag of tricks in five minutes or whatever you want to do but like it's just all about like creativity and there's a little bit of everything for everybody out there and um yeah just the the there's something to be said about jason baker and his build crew like having this whole thing is free riding and he's like always in the confines of building a test track or it has to be a three yeah, foot, yeah. foot three foot and 12 foot you know 12 feet apart in the whoops and seven feet tall and everything's got to be perfect you know and this is like for him this was a free build like he could yeah. literally just do whatever he wanted and that was the coolest part and with that comes progression with that comes creativity and it's just yeah man it's just so so cool to see just to sit back and watch it all afterwards and like um yeah 
I just want to freaking go back there and rent that spot from Adam and build me a <laughs> barn right in the middle and never leave. You'll never see me again. I'd be in the hills of Kansas looking like a fucking, I don't even know, gingerbread <laughs> man. <laughs> Fried. <laughs> Dude, you, you, know what's, you know what's crazy, man? Think about just Jason Baker meeting Adam LaRoche like five years ago what that's done for motor like there's all these just crazy little elements that come together right like if those two never met where the fuck are we right now yeah so that's the craziest thing man like the places like if you really put your heart and soul into something and just two wheels that's what i've put my heart and soul into it's crazy how things just tend to happen like this whole basically this whole thing just more or less fell into my lap like I went down to Baker's facility, Motor Sandbox. I was filming my first Red Bull edit in uh, 2018, I believe. And uh, it was right before yeah. I got hurt in Australia. So I was down there and he's like, you know we, where we did the, the Dungy Cornfield project? I have this one hill with elevation in it. And to back that That's story up a little bit. <laughs> the only hill in Kansas, yeah. The highest elevation in the county and we doubled it with the quarter pipe. <laughs> But um, <laughs> to back it up a little bit, so when I went down there, I kind of asked Jason like how he had met Adam, and the best part about it was Adam was a you know major league baseball player. Dude had 255 home runs and 852 RBIs. Like he is a badass yeah, American a hero, you know. <laughs> so um, he was in his contracts when he was playing baseball. He couldn't ride. He couldn't snowboard. He couldn't do all that stuff. So first thing that dude did when he retired was went and bought two motorcycles and two snowboards. Said he went straight to Breckenridge, Colorado and hit the biggest jump he could see on a snowboard and just landed directly on his back. His back's never been the same since, but he bought the bikes (laughs) and hit up Jason Baker through Instagram. And you know, Jason's getting hit up he's like world renowned for his building skills so he's getting hit up all the time and he finally kind of read scrolled past it and then went back to it and like ended up going out there and he built adam a full dream tracks built vet track so then adam they kept in contact and adam's one of those guys when you meet him he's he treats you like family and you know it feels like yeah, you've known man. him your whole life so it was just something to be said about that so then they ended up doing the dungy project and then fast forward you know a year later i was filming with jason or filming at jason's facility he told me about the place he said we needed to go do a site check and then it kind of just slowly turned into what it did over the next couple years and and uh when i first went out there and had the site check and met adam it was like this there's something to be said about this place of having the barn and like all the the rooms and you know every all the beds in the barn and the batting cage and the the just having everyone together and he this is his home like he obviously has his house on the property but this is his home and the fact that he's opening it up to everybody for good times is like you know there's something there's something to be said about that so um yeah, I ended up doing the site check, came back out, and, you know, he was fully down to kind of let us tear up his sacred land there, and, and uh, you know, he was just all about it the first year, so fast forward to the second year, and he was, there was more riders, more people, we brought all these dirt bike hooligans in there, and, and he was just so cool, man, and just the fact of, like, meeting him, like, it just kind of all just fell into my lap, but I just earned, like, I've gained a, a homie for life, like, he now feels like family, you know, we got him to come out to Day in the Dirt with his family last year, and he raced Day in the Dirt, and, like, you know, it's just, that, there's one, I tell myself, like, yeah, I'm, I go there at least a couple times a year just to go hang out, 
go go hunting yeah. with Adam just to go hang out because he's just that cool of a dude and and so knowledgeable and so humble and so soft spoken and just yeah man American hero right there so the fact it just fell into my lap is unbelievable and like honestly none of this would have been possible without E3 Ranch and and Adam and Jen LaRoche so uh, massive ups to those to the LaRoche family for for taking us in man they're the definition of good people like it doesn't get more good people than those guys because obviously oh. I was there for the uh, the homegrown thing and like yeah that place is crazy like the barn is crazy the whole setup is insane and then to just have those people like that family just be like make yourselves at home guys and like that always become I know exactly what it would have been like they, they come down they bring a bunch of food they cook and stuff in the bar like man yeah honestly yeah. that does not get much better than those guys no and you know the whole thing with like this imagination deal like with some creativity like you know how many plots of land are like that around the world and rolling hills and like with some creativity you can take this anywhere in the world in the world right but there's something to be said about the Kansas and E3 Ranch. When you get through those gates, it's just like the world stops, you know? And they're just so cool and so inviting. And, like, just the vibe of being able to go out to the course and then come back at the end of the day and they have, like, full the best meals catered for us. And, and just, you know, the environment of everyone staying together and, and playing knockout and basketball that at night and in the batting cage and playing ping pong, playing pool, like watching, watching videos and, and, you know, from the week, like in the, in the barn, like it's just, dude, there's something to be said about that. And like, it, it would be hard to kind of replicate that anywhere else. And I think obviously like <clears throat> with how the fest series guys and stuff do it they'll, they'll get an airbnb and all the riders will stay together and then they'll film the course and i think you could definitely have that vibe but something to be said about kansas and just you know how inviting they are and like you know just such american like humble american heroes and like there's they literally they don't make them like that anymore you know so just couldn't be more stoked to meet adam and, and become friends with him and uh thank you adam jen e3 ranch for for everything because none of this would have been possible without you guys yeah definitely man so uh with one of the you kind of like touched on a little bit before but you talked about like riders with beef so you got like axel and colby obviously there's past kind of issues there one of the things that i think is so dope about imagination is you kind of can't not have each other's back out there like if there was like one rider that that was like wanted to be a dickhead because that rider didn't like that rider, well you've kind of fucked the whole program <laughs> because it seems like you guys all literally need each other's help just to stay alive out there so there's a certain part of like the format and the track that and well the course that you created that kind of forced these beefs to get squashed because it's like hey axel needs colby to literally stay alive yeah yeah and it was cool man like to be the one to kind of mediate that and it's just like at the end of the day we're all kids doing what we love man chasing our dreams and they're two of the top dogs and like i think after this week of everyone seeing them riding together it's like man that is like second to none you got two of the top dogs in free riding feeding off of each other and like you know at the end of the day like 
you show up to this place and all egos go out the door. You're literally just there to help your homie. And like, we don't want anyone to get hurt. And of course, you know, there's a friend, there's a rivalry there, like comes down to contest day. And like one person sees someone do one thing they they want to outdo it. And that's just how it goes. But the, to be the one to kind of, you know, ultimately be like, look guys, this is, I want the best guys here. And like, just just put the bullshit to the side and just trust me once you guys come here and you ride this for a week straight and we'll be obviously these the content the free ride days of just like pushing each other for the greater good is like everything's going to come from it and ultimately like you saw colby's interview like he's never really ridden with axel like too much you know obviously their beefs and whatever but um to see them together and riding together and like dude it's it's, it was insane like people people are chomping at the bit to see that you know and ultimately social media is like it it creates a divide and people think what they want to think and it's all it's colby or it's axel or whatever but like fuck all that like it's we're we're riding dirt bikes and we're giving you guys like this is the best dudes in the best place like enjoying it together so ultimately i think it's it was cool to to be able to get them both out and it seemed like of course, they're friend. They're they're rivals now. You know, they've always been rivals. They've had their beefs, but at the end of the day, like you can kind of put that shit aside and, and enjoy your dirt bike with your friends of ultimately mm. creating content. And it's like, man, if like at times, if like we could just all work together, like we could be nonstop creating dope shit. You know? Yeah, I mean, you definitely. I feel like those guys. There's an element where you look at some classic rivalries dude like andy irons and kelly slater you know like yeah some there is something to be said about not liking the dude though you know like for for colby to to hate on axel like i get it you know like if you could see you could see like the facility that axel has like that and that that would be like a pretty good drive for a guy like colby you know like i'm sure colby always has felt like the underdog he always feels like the black sheep like that's even how he dresses you know so it's like there's got to be an element of kind of fuel that comes from that rivalry so it does make sense yeah yeah and every sport needs that rivalry right and we're basically this is a, a more or less like a new sport i mean it's been around for years but we're kind of really taking it and making it grow but i think you know every sport needs that and i can't say that these guys like left this week and they're going to be best of friends now but it's cool to kind of bridge that gap and be like look like we're all kids doing what we love and i think you know we're getting we're getting older we're getting more mature i just Mm. turned 30 and you know the, the both of them are a few years younger than me but you know getting older having these sponsors like it's you know you kind of got to put that stuff aside sometimes and not let like social media of like ultimately fuel this stuff because at the end of the day like yeah they weren't the best of friends but it's not like they were like you know they'd had times where they've had some run-ins but like they're not going to show up and just want to fight each other every time they see each other it's not like that you know but every sport needs that rivalry and every sport like fuels off that rivalry so um it's cool to have it and it's cool to to be able to kind of like let them put it aside and let put the egos out the door and just ultimately like enjoy what we're doing and live in the moment, you know? So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's still going to be, they're still rivals and they're still going to be head to head and for years to come. So, um, it'll be cool yeah. to see it play out and whatnot, but I'm just stoked to kind of be that one to kind of 
be like, all right, guys, put put it put it aside, put leave your ego at the door outside of the E3 Ranch Gate, and just uh, let's just enjoy, it, you know. And it was cool, man. Like you know, both of them hanging out in the barn and just kind of talking over stuff at the end of the runs. Like, oh, that was sick. Like, good job. Like, you know, all that stuff. Like that that camaraderie is like what it's all about. Like, I hate the. You know, you need the rivalries, but I hate the, like, oh, fuck him, his side or his side. Because I'm never, like, I I will not inherit anyone else's beef. If you have a beef with him, yeah. cool, it's, that's yeah. your deal. Like, I don't give a shit, you know? So, at the end of the day, I just stoked to be, have them both there and uh, just watch them do what they do. It was cool, man. It was cool. They they literally took what we what I created and what I was ultimately pushing for to push it and the progression of creativity and all that. And they fed off each other and they absolutely like blew it out of the water. And, and, and that's, that's why, like, you know, that's why the rivalries are cool. But at the end of the day, I made it like friendly. Yeah. For the time. Um, and <laughs> yeah, for now. Uh, yeah. So it, it's cool too, that the, uh, the energy drinks are able to like get out of the way as well um because at the end of the day it's like you fucking have a supercross main event you got every energy twisted tea you got the you got the whole fucking <laughs> yeah. you got the whole bar there dude <laughs> you know what i mean like so <laughs> yeah. it's sort of, it sort of doesn't make sense to you know for like the, the the monster axle thing like that was a bummer last year i don't know what the politics went into you know like axle not being there last year or whatever but like if you're going to hold a free ride event ever, you need Colby Raha, you need Tyler Berriman, and you need Axel Hodges. Like, you can't you can't have a legitimate free ride event without all those three dudes, and they're three dudes represented by three different energy drink companies. Yeah, for sure. And I think that was the biggest thing for me of, like, you know, I'm on the back end of how, how many conference calls and so much shit that I went through to make this all happen, like that was the biggest thing like you know i don't want it to be like oh this is a red bull event like it can only be red bull guys well if it's a red bull event and only red bull guys we'd only have two dudes because they don't or three guys or whatever right now because they don't really have a ton of guys but if you look at it like all the free riders that are free riding right now are mostly all monster athletes so the fact that i was like able to bring you know vicky josh axel and then like have colby and rockstar and like have all these other things like it doesn't matter about what brand you ride for or represent like i ultimately want the best riders there so um i think it's cool i'm really 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 stoked that red bull saw me out on that and i think if you look at other you know action sports and like red bull rampage and they got every energy drink through the board because it's ultimately just for the sport and not for the the company you know what I mean so um yeah man just really stoked on them being able to do that and listen to me on that kind of stuff and then ultimately like you know we basically only had a budget to to have 10 guys you know it's on on the back end there's there's a lot of money that goes into it between like travel for the athletes and catering and the the lodging and like there's a lot of overhead that goes into just one single athlete let alone 10 and uh you know i pushed really 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 hard on the back end to try to get two like more or less wild cards so the new blood kids of of uh billy bear carpenter and christian dresser christian's 19 billy's like 24 or something and and just some kids that like are absolutely crushing it and billy works a nine to five 
and uh, rides on the weekends and crushes it. And then Christian's just, you know, a new kid coming up, moved out here from Florida. And and just to be able to give kids like that the opportunity that they would never get anywhere else and ultimately hopefully open up some doors for them was insane. So the fact that I was able to, to push for that and then these guys, they showed up and under the pressure of cameras and lights, camera action and structure and all that, like there's a lot of pressure there and they showed up and they handled it. Like Billy had the biggest smile on his face the whole time. He's just like, I'm, I feel like a kid at Disneyland. And you know the best part about Billy coming he faked COVID with work so he could get out of work for the week <laughs> and still get paid and then came and showed up and freaking ripped all week and then texted us when he left and he's like, dude, thank you so much for the most insane week I've ever had. He's like, now I just got to figure out how to go back and tell COVID why, or like explain to COVID why I have a mean tan and a, and a gnarly pimp limp, you know, <laughs> from the weekend. So it's like something to be said about that. Like dude's out there like grinding. He's a, a blue collar worker just freaking coming out and like enjoying dirt bikes in his spare time. But ultimately like that's why I wanted to bring kids like this to create an opportunity you know what I mean and there's so many kids deserving of it you know and I think we'll get there little by little but people just have to understand from the outside looking in how much goes into this and how much on the back end and like how much overhead it is for just one athlete you know so ultimately like I want to turn it into something like a, a you know a rampage where you can have 20 athletes or whatever but even rampage to this day like there's some of the gnarliest mountain bike dudes that don't even get into rampage, you know, ultimately we can't just mm. have everybody. And there's a lot of dudes that I have on the radar and, and, and I just want to give people the opportunity. So, um, you know, ultimately like this, you could spin this so many ways, like this is free riding where we can work together as a, as a, as a whole, like when, these free riders and um, free ride mountain bikers started doing free riding and before like rampage started you know now there's more or less they got like a free ride like a union so like all the free riders like band band together and there's like a board and the board gets to like help call out athletes and like gets to do all this stuff so there's so many things you can do and it's all for the greater good of free riding you know so um you know you can spin it with moto as any way you want and Little by little, we'll get there, man. Like I said, this is a massive work in progress, and we're learning as we go. And, and so far, all the riders and everyone involved has been overly stoked. And then I think we're just, you know, little by little, we'll kind of keep pushing it in, in the direction we, we want it to go. And, and um, yeah, man, just, again, just stoked to be in the, in, in the place of, of having the platform and having the opportunity to to do this man is just like I don't know never in a million years would I ever thought that I've uh I've had I've been able to do what I've done and have this opportunity to ultimately create something that's cool so stoked and you're in the position too where it's like remember freestyle sort of when it first started and you had like the racer guys that were they were kind of racing and then a couple of them converted and then it wasn't until you had oh Deegan's got a course at his backyard Link Ogle's got a spot and then it's like then you had guys that were just going and sessioning that over and over like there is a certain amount of infrastructure that you have to build on something like this for it to become like to get used to doing it and to become more of a 
like a, a normalized thing and then that can turn into its own industry so like you said you are involved in a process like this is going to take a long time and you know those guys that you mentioned and you've probably got a bunch more guys in mind um as well like dude you know even there's some guys over here like louis woods like fuck he would send it over there as well oh, yeah. you know and like dylan long yeah so like there, there's yeah. a there's guys kind of everywhere um that you know the next five ten years this thing can really start to like expand out absolutely you know and i think there's there's you know some dudes from europe there's the aussie guys and you know i i really do you know as this thing grows like i want like a dude like like sheeny you know like sheeny's got mad bike skills and like he's got the gnarliest bag of tricks and to ultimately like he's one that you're not gonna have like a certain ramp at a certain angle like he'll kind of like figure it out and he's got the bike skills and that's the coolest part about all these old freestyle contests and gravity games and all this stuff like there were there were gnarly courses and they had to go up and like show up and figure, figure out, out what they could do on those jumps right but now it's like x fighters kind of turned into like it needs this ramp needs to be at 45 feet and propped at this angle to do this trick and every rider had all their bag of tricks and they all needed the ramps different and it ultimately like the whole production crew was just like f this like this isn't even cool anymore you know it's like completely taking that like creativity out of it and it's all more science which is you know it's cool it's super cool but it's just i don't know this takes you back to the roots of it and just straight up like free riding like that whole course imagination course is all features that i love to hit from everywhere you know from small Mm. techie stuff to transferring stuff on a track to the big 140s like dune jumps to you know the quarter pipe to like wall rides like jib stuff like it's just a combination of everything that we love to ride from all over the place like man-made in um, one course you know so that's ultimately like man sky's sky's completely the limit on this and how creative do you want to get you know and this is where it's ultimately like what i'm creating like i want all these other writers like all their input matters just as much as mine. I want to take their input and like learn how to make this better, you know, take their input on what, what would be their dream build or their dream feature and like add in all this stuff. And like, honestly, like sky's the limit. I think we just tapped into this, like year one being a crazy course, but only a 21 day build and that course sitting there. And then ultimately like adding all these new things to it to ultimately do what I set out to do, make a dirt skate park with so many options that it's like a bit overwhelming, you know? So, but you got to all put it together more or less like a skate run or a BMX park run or whatever, you know, there's, there's so many ways you can spin it. And at the end of the day, it's all based on content too. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think we did really well with that on second year, but just all learning as we go still work in progress. So the production wise the biggest thing that stood out to me was the way that you guys captured audio um and so i know what it takes to do that and that basically by wes and the crew miking up everybody they essentially signed themselves up for about nine hours a night of going through audio like just raw audio and fucking like it would have been a nightmare dude so the commitment level 
though because that added so much man like the genuine reactions like they didn't have to wait it's not like hey like just roll again on that that shit was so gnarly like it was so immersive um so the cinematography like the level that that wes took it to like man it it is and then to turn around three 20 minute episodes so we're looking at an hour (laughs) of content plus all the social media like they're still there now editing well actually no west just got back but it's like they had you know like will posey man he didn't he didn't leave the the fucking screen like it is it is in that's a documentary in itself the production that goes into making that and to be just bang 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 oh yeah that's there dude there's something to be said about that man like like I said, I've said it multiple times, there's so much work that people don't see that goes into it. These guys, like you mentioned, that's 10 hours of audio to go through in one day. Not only that, they have 10 hours of, of footage too. So there From was a probably full 10 media different team. cameras. Yeah, in just one day, one hour session, one day, like has so much amount of footage. And there's one person pulling selects, one person kind of dropping them into a timeline, like building the story. like these guys like they were the unsung heroes like like obviously you said will posey and b-town and luke parmeter like all these guys like behind the scenes coming in and just you know chase stallo and they're building the story with them for them to edit it together and like you know just unbelievable amount of work these guys literally like 12 days straight of 20 hour days literally getting four hours of sleep to get back and straight back to that edit bay like this little trailer on site there by the course all trash bags over all the windows blacked out just hammering content and that was the thing like people at home are like oh like so the way we did the content rollout we dropped the first build episode and then kind of let the hype build right so we were there over the week we were letting the writers post their instagram stuff and build the hype build the hype build the hype and then as soon as it came down like we finished friday the contest and then the first episode came or the second episode came out on tuesday and then the third on wednesday so built that hype built that hype built that hype and then hit them with them both back to back and I think it was really cool, but the like you said, those guys, they needed that week in between to build two more 20 minute episodes. Like they're building full on films straight up, like with all that stuff and so many layers over this timeline. The graphics like over the top of it as well. Everything, dude, just everything. And, and have, having to have everything done a day and a half early to go to color and sound and go to Keith White and do his whole, color and sound correction and then get it back and it's just like there's something to be said about it when i when i sat and i watched these episodes for the first time like it's straight up dude gave me chills like it just you feel like you're there the energy the camaraderie like it's and you know the media team wes and his whole crew like they had so many cameras out there for for comp day and and um Dude, it's just honestly a logistical and editing nightmare, but the dudes absolutely handled it. And like unsung heroes, bro, like how how long that they sat there and grinded and grinded and grinded. And I I stayed until Tuesday morning and they were still there another two days after that, you know? So, um, man, they're just, there's so much involved into this, you know? Because this whole thing, like I put into the writer's head, this is all about content. So... 
being able to mm. produce that content and have that rat of a team behind me that driven, like I put so much time and effort into making this as best as I could, but I had the most badass media team behind me doing the exact same thing, putting their heart and soul into it. And the fact that they can come off and they've filmed anything and everything when it comes to moto and they come off and like, dude, you guys are making it easy on us. This is the most badass thing that I've ever filmed straight up. So just to have that collective like response of, you know, fans, writers, peers, filmers, everyone on production, like, dude, we all left like speechless. Like there's no way in a million yeah. years that we would have ever thought that it went as smoothly as it did, you know? And to, mm. to show that in film and to be honest with you with 12 writers, that many jumps, all that, you know how much footage hit the graveyard? <laughs> so oh. much. And yeah. it's, it's so crazy, like, you know, but ultimately like we're learning, you know, we're learning as we go and ho hopefully, you know, I know they're still working on it. You will see, um, athlete runs just obviously clip back and forth between GoPro and like POV and eight, uh, FPV. So back and forth and kind of yeah. show the runs. I know obviously they're planning on doing the top three, but, um, I personally think all the riders need one, need their, need their own. Um, we already have the footage and it's obviously going to take a little more on the back end and I'll do anything I can to help that. Cause you know, these guys are out there risking their life. Obviously they got paid a little bit, but it was, um, they're risking their life out there. So they deserve to have that, that, um, their full run and, and be able to drop it on their socials. And for people to ultimately it'd be that, it'll be cool to have 12 different runs and just show all the possibilities because everyone's yeah. runs was so much different and it was almost like rampage like you okay you see that guy hit that like you don't want to take his jump right so you'd have to figure out how to hit another jump and link it all together so you know there was we started hitting some of the same lines and landing on the same jumps and we kind of started to work together on some stuff but then branched off other ways and that's literally to the t exactly how rampage is these guys will get together, mm -hmm. they'll build their features, they'll, they'll, you know, each, each dig, there's a, an athlete and you get two diggers and then you get 75 sandbags per team. So teams will, guys will team up on a build of a big landing and share their sandbags and all take both of their build crews and build it together to ultimately have one landing. But once they land off that jump, they both branch off different ways you know yeah so yeah um dude there's there's so many ways you can spin this and so many things that you can continue to build on but dude ultimately like this from one to two it went so incredibly well better than i could have ever imagined and you know i'm glad it it went as good as it did and now it just is that gets me that much more fired up on on how to make it better and keep the wheels turning you know this is all work in progress and man free riding is the most badass thing ever so uh it's just got to keep it going yeah that it's yeah it honestly was fucking insane when you think about the the like the cost imagine if those boys that on the production side and like yourself and like everyone that's involved in the process like imagine if you all were on an hourly rate and then you all submitted your hours at the end of it like the cost of this thing would just be astronomical like it yeah. takes such a group of like really really hardcore dedicated people that that don't give a fuck about the hour meter 
that just like want to make the project happen it's like here's the budget this is what we got to do i'll fucking die trying and i mean i know like this is actually this is the um this is probably the shoot where i like step out of like being able to relate with Wes and the crew i feel like i experienced enough (laughs) of what they did like and since uh, I left America and like work with those guys. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I I get it. I understand. I've been there on this project. I'm like, I'm out. I don't get it. They fucking went. <laughs> they went. <laughs> like I've done some gnarly shit with those boys, and they just blew everything I ever did. Like I can't relate anymore. Yeah, dude. It was uh, it was unbelievable, man. Just like I said, just those guys working as hard as they did, and and you know, for them to leave, like, like I. I wore so many hats and I put my heart and soul into th- this thing. And at the end of it, we had writer awards and we gave away writer awards and we gave Adam a $10,000 check to his foundation for letting us do this. Cause the coolest thing about Adam, like he won't accept a dime for us to do this there, which is mind blowing. Like he's opening up his house and he's like allowing this to happen. So that was the, the, you know, that was just the smallest thing that we could do. Like, you know, just be able to give back to him. And I think that'll go a long way with him. But, um, yeah, just being able to do that and have everyone work as hard as they did. And like me, like staying a few extra days and sitting in the edit bay with those guys and like literally like being the, the writer in it like being like dude this is so sick like i cannot wait for people to see this it's giving me chills watching you guys create this and i'm sitting there and like enjoying a few beers with them afterwards and then at the end of it i'm staying out in the trailer with them until one in the morning and they got to break down the whole trailer and pack all their stuff and and you know i sat there and helped them break everything down and it's like what athlete do you know that would literally do that gnarly of a week to get pulled in that many directions, but then still sit there and have a few beers and help you work through the timeline and give you that, like that stoke back that like you guys, what you guys are doing doesn't go unnoticed. And then to on top of that, stay there, help them break down freaking five full big screens and all these hard drives and all these wires and all this stuff going everywhere to just like, like, you know, there's something to be said about that. I'm so overly grateful for everybody involved. This was such a massive team effort. And like to be able to go back and do those writer awards and make my heartfelt speech at the end of it of thanking each and every person individually. And just, um, you know, there's just something to that, that nothing goes unnoticed. Like that I put my heart and soul into this and I worked my absolute ass off, but everyone else involved did too, you know, writers aside, like everyone on the back end works so extremely hard to make this happen. And, and, you know, I'm just so incredibly grateful to have such a solid foundation and team behind me. And, you know, there's no I in team, like the people don't see what goes on on the back end and, and, you know, six months of planning and prep and, conference calls once a week and just drawing out features and just like you know to the point where we're freaking arguing because I'm I'm I I want it to be a certain way and that's there's something to be said about that of me being so involved in it is because I love it I love it so much that I want it to go a certain way and when I put my mind to something I'm gonna do anything at all costs to make it happen so um yeah, man, just incredibly stoked on just everything, everybody involved. Like it was, it was just, yeah, I'm speechless still, man. So when, uh, 
when Remy did the podcast, we were talking a lot about, you know, like the similar vibes that you guys share. Um, obviously, like he's literally just starting his journey with Red Bull and he's just did his uh, like a project with those guys where they took seven days to like build this course. And so Bad in Remy's project mind, too. Dude, dope, eh? Epic work, Ram Dog. And the fact that I was the one standing there and took the video of him when he had his accident, I was the first one to him and to see him overcome that and then now get on Red Bull was super special for me because I've seen him do a similar thing. Came from a racing background, had cool style, did it his way, and now he's he's earned it, you know? And I think sky's the limit for him too because he's one of the most creative individuals in his space. And, and, uh, yeah, man, super stoked. Sorry to interrupt you, but... Yeah, Rambo. No, 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 dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's the man. So he was explaining that he's kind of inventing this new uh, deal called DHT, right? And so in his mind, it's like the courses, the bikes have gotten so much better. Like the the level in people's mind has gotten so much better, but the courses haven't progressed. Uh, with the bikes and the riders themselves until like fest series and then remy's like okay so how do we put that on a hill instead of just you know like having this big the big jump kind of deal um and so do you think there's like a part of that with you know you guys that are at the top where it's like all right we're limited in the hills with like because it's like it's set you know you can shovel a lip but if you don't have the hill you don't have the jump so is there a thing where you've got a similar kind of line of thinking in your mind where you're like, we're actually just scratching the surface of what's possible on a bike in, in terms of like creativity jump wise? 1000%. Um, you know, with us, especially on a dirt bike, like going to the hills and being able to make something with the shovel that big is so time consuming, you know? And ultimately like you people want to say like at one point it was like oh you're not a free rider if you're not out shoveling jumps like that's not the case at all like there's 100 percent just scratching the surface you can make the weirdest most craziest shapes and whatever with with um equipment man and like equipment that is your shovel like you have a freaking d8 shovel in your hands in the palm of your hands you know what i mean so there's literally sky's the limit on how creative you want to get like you can taking inspiration from other action sports too and like like the wall rides and and all this stuff like dude there's it's honestly sky's the limit and just making stuff that's like out of the ordinary and making it cool and i think like same with mountain biking has been done a really 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 good job with that like in my opinion mountain biking is second to none they're top of the line when it comes to making films mountain bike films are insane and snowboarding is right there with it but something about the mountain bike films have always just been so sick and they're just so creative and how these guys are building these little two foot trails through the the trees with gnarly jumps and gaps and all this stuff like man like it's for sure just scratching the surface. It's like how creative you want to get. And I think, you know, this, this last week at imagination, like we're just tapping into, to the creative side of things. Like, um, you know, there's, there was a lot of creativity out there, but there's a lot more to be had. So, um, just stoked, man. Stoked. I, I get so pumped on scrolling through Instagram and I get lost in the scroll hole. 
of like slight like seeing jump features and like mountain bike stuff and bmx stuff and like you know mm. like obviously they're on a smaller scale and they can do it with shovels and you know now like mountain bikes have gotten so good they're building everything with mini x's or x's or whatever but um you know there's the sky's the limit man there's so much creativity to be had out there and, and uh you know <clears throat> there's rolling rolling hills all over the place and you know like that's one thing that I really, really, really want Jason Baker to come out here or like take him somewhere with some proper elevation. He's built Stewart's place. He's built freaking Hitmoto sandbox. He's built all the straight rhythms. He's built, you know, does the KTM track, the Honda track. Like he's got so much stuff, but like he's never actually, he's created elevation from nothing, from flat ground. So to mm. take that dude to some landscape like Beaumont. <laughs> would be unreal like absolutely mind-boggling so then it's just you know if we're what we created was basically more or less on one rolling hill like super mellow like 30 foot 35 foot toe up this hill and down the other side and the way he explained it to me when we first went out there i like i just wasn't quite picturing it yet you know but that guy sees it from underneath the ground up so if you have a 30 foot toe up this hill yeah. for 100 yards and you dig in five feet for 30 feet you're getting a hundred you know ten thousand square yards of dirt right so there's there's so much dirt there that it's like you don't ever see if you just it takes a lot of work and and you know that dude is an artist when it comes to dirt sculpting you know like from what that dude just created in in three weeks that he was there and added made that course what it was from last year in three weeks is like mind bending. And if you could take that dude and actually take it other places, like literally sky's the limit with creativity, you know? So ultimately that's my ultimate goal with this is to expand and take it different places and, and, you know, any, you know, different landscapes and, um, yeah, ultimately just keep just learning and, and, trying to build new cool weird off the wall stuff and show people what's possible really is that is that probably the next thing you think is um is having something with like real elevation like is that like what would take the imagination course to the next level in your mind um yeah for sure just elevation just kind of just different feel of like not creating these jumps on something that you know we're taking from other places and, and trying to create that on something flat like we're um you know taking it to places with elevation or just um you know just like ultimately like to be able to expand and take this anywhere like if you look at like all the x fighters courses there was a lot of gnarly ones but then you look at x fighters glenn helen that was jason baker and Dan yeah, that built that yeah and that was the most next level course in my opinion ever up until this point after imagination that might have taken the cake just because of the scale of it it was so much bigger than that little pit but you saw what jason created at X Fighters Glen Helen and unfortunately it got ruined by weather and Windy you never is, really yeah. got to see the possibilities from it. But on practice day when those dudes were flipping up the step up and like jumping the step down yeah. back down the hill, like yeah, it's an Arley. Yeah, it takes those stakes way higher for us to have elevation and be jumping up and down hills like that. But um yeah, man, it's just all about 
I, I just, I can see a place with elevation and I can just picture like how to link all this stuff together. And like, and then ultimately all the dirt that you're pulling off the hill, it's like you can create stuff down in the flat bottoms and like have a more or less another dirt skate park in a, basically in an arena, you know, jumps up the hill, down the hill, like all over. Like it's, sky's the limit, man. Really like you can get more more features, more like that jib style stuff with the wall ride and the dump truck. And like, dude, sky is the limit. Like you just keep making weird off the wall stuff. And I think that's something to be said of also with this course of seeing an overhead view of this course and you see the dump truck and it looks about this big. (laughs) Yeah. It gives you a scale of like how big it actually is. Like that wall ride was 15 feet from to the bottom of the wall. And then the wall ride was 15 feet tall and 25 feet long from there. So like we are straight up like wall riding a billboard, you know, and there's no room for air on a lot of this stuff, but, uh, it's, it's just all, you know, trying to push it, just trying to push the limits of our sport and progress and, and, you know, be creative. And obviously all that comes from being inspired by other action sports of, you know, these dudes wall riding on BMX and mountain bike. And, you know, you see slope style X games, winter x games and you see the wall rides in the slope style course now and and to be honest with you you know this is i i i look at this very similarly than i that i do to snowboarding as snowboarding Mm. is like spin to win now the style aspect has kind of gone away and kudos to the small group of dudes that are bringing the style back to it and now the courses are starting to change with the style because people are getting over the spin to win like you you watch him and the, the announcers are like, I need to see a replay. I don't even know what he just did. He just did a yeah, freaking yeah, yeah. 2,500. You know what I mean? So that's, that's how this is with freestyle. Like freestyle has gotten to that point where it's like, now it's like, it's not just like a, a spin to win type thing. You know, we're trying to create something that like has creativity and, and, and style rather than just a spin to win or f- have to do a double backflip variation or you're not getting invited to X games. You know, I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be all about style, creativity and, and, and just innovating within those lines, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's part of it is the course too, you know, like the jumps are so big, like you might be able to flip a couple of these jumps. And then if you do flip, it's like, it's not really going to push you over the edge that, much you know but i think yeah like making the shit so big it's like and and you just get to see like a a rider's real style when they've got that much time in there absolutely and you know like obviously like the flips and all that like it's gonna score you a little higher but like when people and people haven't seen the full runs yet and when they do i think they'll have a better idea of who actually won and did because like you know you see it on instagram and people are like oh like Colby should have won. He flipped three times and he did this and he did that. But like what people didn't see, it was like Axel absolutely murdered the jib section, like doing nosies, landing on the seat down the hill, back to a nosy, like doing landing on the seat, wheeling across the container and doing a no foot can off to like all this cool, weird techie stuff to also nailing the whole course, using the whole entire course to its potential hitting huge turnups, huge whips, tricks, a flip, like 
airing the quarter like he did, like once people will see the full runs, like dude, it, it, Axel absolutely crushed it. And so did Colby. They both absolutely, and they were so close and it, it was hard to, to separate that. But when you look at it as a whole aspect, it's not just judged on like your tricks or your, your whole run. It's, it's all those zones together. He used the jib section to its absolute max. Like, and then to do all that in a five minute run, holding your breath the whole time over all these gnarly jumps is like gnarly. Like we come off and like, I hadn't been that winded since doing sprint laps at Supercross, and like it was five minutes and I come off and I'm just like completely smoked, you know, and everyone involved was just like, oh, it was so gnarly. But when you look at, you know, Colby's second run, yeah, he, he did that quarter pipe feature. He did flip the 120 over the quarter pipe. He did a few things, but then he also made some mistakes in other places. So his score went up from his second one because of the things that he added but axles both of his runs were pretty damn flawless and he used the course to his potential he did the gnarly jib technical stuff in that jib section and um also you know hit all the biggest jumps hit big whips and big tricks all that stuff so um yeah it'll be cool i'm really stoked for people to see the full runs and just to see everyone's like creativity like i said sipes like i have no idea how that freaking dude remembered his line because he literally used it like a spider web he went from here to here and here to here and like you know it was crazy to watch that dude like stand there and and rehearse it over in his head he he visualized that run at least a thousand times over the two days just literally laying in bed the night before looking at photos of the course like running in through his line you know and it's like everyone thinks like we're free riders we just fuck off like we work our asses off there's so much that goes into this that people don't understand you know and to be able to put all that together was was pretty cool so um yeah just stoked to hopefully sooner than later we can start to un unroll some of that stuff see people's full runs and just ultimately showing all the athletes full runs will just show the potential of the yeah. course that we built like it's just it's not just a single run in line it's like dude there's 85 jumps out there how do you put them all together yeah and i think the the cool thing too about the format is that so like you get a guy like ryan sipes um yeah boy mm. uh you get Cheers. you get a guy like ryan sipes to come along and he's got like this completely different background like he's bringing something to the table that colby ain't bringing and axel ain't bringing but you put them in the same course on the same event and then you're gonna see like the way that sites visualize that's probably gonna leave an impression on like axel and colby and be like fuck like i yeah. probably need like their brain just doesn't work like that standard you know whereas sipes's brain works like that he's like okay i'm gonna For visualize sure. everything and so you know you get like that rub off effect and it's like imagine now if like colby and axel just go that deep visualization for then you know runs next year and it's like it, even though sipes might not be pushing the level that they are in one aspect of riding it's like he's got a, another aspect so dialed and then for that yep. to then rub off on those guys that actually does end up lifting the overall level absolutely and the coolest part about it like ryan knew going into it like he doesn't like he doesn't look at jumps and be like oh i'm gonna whip that thing upside down that's just like not what he's done you know so 
the fact that he knew that and he knew like, okay, I have to think outside the box and do this my way and ultimately show the creativity. And that's, what's cool about Ryan is he, he's, he's down to do everything. And not only is he down to do it, he's damn good at it. He may not be the best, Mm. but he can show up and he can be so competitive. And if you look at that dude and his last month schedule of what he's done to go race the flat track, race ISDE, race Washougal, um, do a hill climb, go to big hill jam, leave, like go straight to imagination, like all this stuff, like that is the baddest dude ever, you know, to be able to do that. And then not only that, like go down as hard as he did to get back up and just still come out swinging the next day, you know? So, um, I think that's cool, man. It's so cool to show like, you know, this, you don't have to be the baddest dude at whipping or, or doing tricks or whatever, but it's like you can take this course and take your own spin on it and use you know your own flavor of whatever you want to do of how to put it all together. And that's the coolest part about it is just showing that creativity. Like I tell you what, man, if when you guys see Sipes' run, K-Dub will be so proud. K-Dub will be so <laughs> incredibly proud of this dude, of how he just broke it down and like, Again, like if there's no way in hell, I would have gotten lost, like for sure. If the line that he did, I would have gotten fully lost. But um, yeah, man, it's just so cool to see everyone kind of take it and take their own spin on it. And, you know, dudes like Jimmy Hill going out there and doing mini flips and riding up the, the quarter pipe and doing reverts and flipping stuff and doing tricks, but also like doing donuts in the middle of the course like it's all a just form of expression and it's all creative you know and I think the biggest thing with this is like and from this year to last year like it showed everyone's personality you know and personality yeah, is a yeah. massive thing it's a massive thing in our sport like <clears throat> if we wouldn't have the personality to go along with the riding I don't think free riding would be what it is so to showcase the personality and and you know everyone's just the camaraderie too and all that stuff like man it's just i think we hit the nail on the head this year for that but um you know that's just makes it that much more harder on me for next year because it's like you know you want to outdo you're only as good as your last jump your last event your last race whatever so you know yeah. there's i i got a i got a lot ahead of me and a lot in store to be able to outdo what we did this year but I mean, dude, there's, there's definitely some things that we left on the table and, and, um, you know, we've, we know that and, and yeah, it's just all about just continuing to, to let your mind wander and those crazy off the wall ideas like could just ultimately like come to fruition with some hard work. So yeah, man, so stoked. So, so, so stoked. I I think too, with, uh, with Sipes, like, there's the off the bike angle too where you know because you've got four days of practice and everyone's kind of bringing a different thing to the table like you're the kind of guy that is you know the leader when it comes to giving these guys a toe and it's your course and like it's sort of you know the buck kind of stops with with you event wise but i mean i can see a guy like sipes being a dude that is sort of a bit of glue that's kind of holding the crew together while um all the riders are out on course you know so like it's actually quite important to have those different personalities together too because you're kind of yeah. in the trenches with each other for four days for sure 100 percent. and that was going back to the day that i had to take off for 
for spraining my ankle and, and twisting it like I was hurting man and like that next day you know I still had to like head the writers meeting and speak for everyone and I was like at the end of the day guys like I'm I've gotten pulled in a million directions and today I'm out like I'm gonna sit on the sidelines I will be here to help each and every one of you if you have any questions on any jumps or hitting up something new like I'm here to help but I need to take a step back. I'm not going to be that guy today to have to be able to tow you all over, over all these jumps, you know? So that's when you, like you said, Sipes being the glue, he kind of headed that for me. You know, he kind of took every, took everyone and was like, okay, it's, I want to hit this one, like cleared the course, hit it, and then helped other guys hit it and, and the speeds and, and whatnot. So it was just cool to have, you know everyone on the same page and everyone saw how hard I was working and when I kind of took a step back and was able to to soak it all in that day I was still like they told me you know just chill like don't do anything put your foot up and like man you can't you can't keep me down (laughs) I was still up there like you know I was on the 110 riding around I was I was telling everyone like $100 $100 to tee this jump up because it's one of the only ones we haven't hit. And once we hit it, like we're going to open up the course and the possibilities of just hitting this jump. So let's just handle it, please. Like you, it can be done. Everything on this course can be done. I know it's intimidating, but it can. So just being that dude, helping him and, and just ultimately, you know, that whole day I was, I was doing media. I was doing Zoom calls in the media trailer. I was doing uh, nightline interviews. I was doing interviews for Men's Journal. I was getting pulled in so many different directions, but I never let it beat me. Never, ever, ever let it beat me. I was still in it. Like, they told me, "Take take the day off. Like, just chill. Like, don't do anything. And I just... I care about it so much that I was still in it head first. I was just, you know, I was able to take myself out of the riding aspect of it, but I was still there. Like Ryan, this new step down that you just hit or want to hit, like, I think it would be this gear. You should swing wide and hit it this way or whatever. I was just in it. You know, I was like, I want, I, I was so involved to just make it show the possibilities that I didn't even care about the contest at the end of the day. Like, yeah, I got to put my game face on when it comes to contest day, but like I'm here to help because I want to, I want us to show the possibilities and free riding and just the creativity side of it. So yeah, man, I was just, I wore a lot of hats, but I was, it was so worth it at the end to just have everyone and all my peers and riders and everyone leave saying it was the most fun they've ever had. It was just, yeah, man, makes it all worth it, you know? Dude, the other insanely cool moment to come out of it was uh, seeing you give um, Kalane's Red Bull helmet. <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty dope. And also, that's probably another little, you know, milestone within the whole free ride world because um, that is the next generation. Like, that's Red Bull literally making a claim of like who the 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 future is of of this sport you know yeah man absolutely that was like it was so special to be able to be that dude like i've 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 met that kid five years ago like he's only been riding for six seven years now like he's young he started when he was eight he's 13 like he's he hasn't been riding that long and the kids just got it he's creative he comes from a really well like family and they they're just grounded in in 
film and photography really so um just the fact that like he's he's got it at a young age and he sees it and like ultimately at the end of the day like I was a racer too that was my ultimate goal my whole life was I wanted to be on the line the supercross main event right and if that's he's 13 years old he's still racing if he want if that's what he wants to do I'm not going to tell him to not do that like do it as long as he can but just the fact of him hanging around us and and riding with us and just being 180 and stepping out of his comfort zone and like he's he's just got it so I pushed really hard to to get him on and and it's just cool to see like Red Bull can see you know see that they saw it in me before I saw it in myself and then now being able to do that and give give back to the next generation and ultimately like he you know he shows up to imagination he hits one of the craziest jumps I've seen on a, on an 80 for sure, like taller jumps, maybe not the biggest distance wise, but it was massive dude. And then him throwing knack knacks and teaching him how to hit the ramp and seat bouncing the ramp now. And like, he's just progressing quickly. And I think it just, it's cool that Red Bulls sees that in him. And, and, you know, it's like kind of my little, my little grom, my little mini me. Like if I'm just keep pushing him in the right direction of, of enjoying what you do. And yeah, like you can still go race. You can still go do this. You can still go do that. But like, ultimately let's just create content and just breeding the little homie, you know? So for, for my standpoint, like I'm my own agent. So when I was doing the Red Bull deal and back and forth between Red Bull and weed maps, like I, I, knew that that was coming right I'd always seen other action sports and people get presented with the helmet and surprised and it's like that is like so heartfelt you know what I mean like that's just a kid's dream come true but I I've worked on my deal myself so I kind of knew it was coming right so I didn't really get to have that opportunity so to be the one to be able to do that for the next generation was was so sick man it was so cool we like kind of hid his helmet from him and told him like just let him just get more and more frustrated and freaking out he was like looking for his helmet for two hours running around all the filmers and everyone around like where's my helmet where's my helmet have you seen my helmet and we just let it build and build and build and build and i just slowly walked out of the motorhome nonchalant and like hey nah found your helmet buddy and he's like yes and like didn't even know and i like slowly unzipped it and pulled it out and he's just like no way like no way I'm like yeah really sit says yeah nah and he, I was like yeah homie I was like I'm proud of you like you earned it you know and then he just instantly started crying just that like raw emotion you know of making it like a kid's dreams come true is like so rad and for that to be in the middle of the most hectic week I've ever had on two wheels was was like icing on the cake so just to see him do that and then see him put the helmet on and then just see him just instantly just step out of his comfort zone and start and hit that big double and like it was just so cool man and and the kids got it so just gonna keep pushing him in the right direction with whatever he wants to do I'm not gonna force him to do one thing or the other like I'm here for him and whatever he wants to do but um I think you know if I if I had that mindset when I was 13 like I would you know like sky could be the limit and that's that's just ultimately what it is for him so um last year after imagination one i came back and he got a new house and had a few acres and i went and designed a mini imagination course in his backyard that's like a super cross section that ties in with like a free ride section and a ramp and like the kids just got got everything at his fingertips and he just you know just keep just keep going keep going nah stoked to stoked to be the one to to lead the way for you.
So he had no idea that he had a Red Bull deal. Um, no, not really. I know, like we we've been trying to work on it for a while, but you know, like with energy drinks and being young and and whatnot, like they can't really promote kids that young until they're a little older. So it was a lot of back and forth. But we literally like Steve Steve Shearer, my Red Bull team manager. He's um. He was working tirelessly on it, and he finally got it green-lighted Monday night, and uh, we already had the helmet and stuff, so, um, yeah, Tuesday I was able to give it to him, and as soon as it was green-lighted, it was like, it's on, so um, the kids just ultimately, like I said, like, Red Bull's not going to be able to promote him for a little bit, but he does it on his own, you know, he 100% does it all on his own, he goes, gets all these clips during the day, and he goes home, and puts them on the computer and edits his own clips together and like dude there's there's not a lot of kids doing doing that at his age so it's cool to see red bull take notice and and just ultimately like pave the way for the next generation like these these kids are coming up or no joke so um yeah stoked to be stoked to be like a like proud dad you know (laughs) yeah yeah well i mean it, it is super cool and and uh you know like he i've been following him for a while like i'm a fan of him um but you know like he hurt his knee recently so it's like you know we've already kind of got to see him battle through an injury and he fuck he passed that test like he killed it um didn't lose his stoke and was like at all the events like he still like it, it is really cool to see a kid that's that young i thought he was a little bit older to be honest but um yeah to be to be that young and then like the family background that he's got like he's watched his dad create like insane content so he he gets it you know like he obviously gets it from a young age and it's like it's gonna be pretty crazy to watch and i mean i think everyone's probably the knee-jerk reaction like that would have been so random to be like damn they give a kid a red bull helmet but then to like to then you see as soon as he put that helmet on to go and hit that jump you're like ah that's why because like you give a kid you know what i mean like there's no one else doing that and then you know you can you literally give the kid wings like that that belief you know you get a deal with red bull that's like that's basically like somebody saying oh yeah no you can do this so here go do it yeah you know like because until then you know you'd be like hoping and thinking you can do it so imagine being that young getting the green light like you said and then you know it's just like all right now this is real now dedicate your life to this and see what you can do yep absolutely it's just yeah having that platform behind you and people believing in you and it ultimately you know like i'm not the best under pressure i don't think but being able to be on red bull and learn how to deal with that pressure and channel it into positive energy is like there's something to be said about that you know you can't put that into words so just the fact that like someone believes in you that much and it just lights a fire under your ass to just stokes you that much more to go out and just do do just be the best of your ability you know and it's funny that that you say that like you put the helmet on and just instantly like he's like oh they they gave him wings like dude he hit that moon booter and like going into it i was like it's such a big jump and it's so tall that like he has a tendency to hit stuff like with a more momentum and kind of lug through it. And he was like, Hey, I want to hit this. I want to hit this. And like, you know, we're filming trying to get our practice in. And I was like, Oh, like, nah, like I love you homie. But like, maybe now's not the time. Cause we're like, 
we had 12 guys and we had to split it between two six man groups so we could ultimately get the footage and it not be too chaotic. So he was kind of rolling up to it, rolling up to it. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. And then Jason Baker came up to me and he's like, Hey, if he's rolling up to that thing, if you better go tell him if he hits it, he better freaking hit it. Like don't pussyfoot it 100%. Just freaking power through that thing because he's going to lose so much more speed with those little wheels and the small bike up it so I went and told him I was like hey like maybe now's not the time and he ran up to it a few more times and I came up to him I'm like nah I'm like follow me like hit this thing off to the side and land on the side of the jump and he's like I'd rather just hit it straight and I was like all right I was like look I'm not telling you this all this stuff to like that I don't think you can do it I know you can do it but I was like do not pussyfoot it just like if do not hesitate like when in doubt give it more than you think because you're gonna lose so much more speed than us up up the lip we're hitting it in second just cruising and you have to hit it in fourth so he when he told me that he's like oh i'm just i don't like i just want to hit it straight and i was like all right listen to me if as long as you do this like you got it i trust you so comes back around and i'm like all right like no i'm gonna i'm gonna follow you and i didn't want to jump it behind him just in case anything happened so i followed him and i went just to the right of the jump and as soon as he left the lip i was like oh he's got it you know and i just fucking like just so pumped for him you know and then we roll back around he like you know he comes through and like every every single person there on the ground is just like yeah no you know just so pumped for him and just like face his fears like that but then he rolls back up and he stops and he like pulls his goggles off and he just like so nonchalantly in front of everybody like well i guess red bull does give you wings <laughs> and i was just like <laughs> hell yeah it's like you just something to be said you put that helmet on and it just gives you that extra amount of confidence you know and and uh yeah man just so stoked for the kid and and uh stoked to be there to mentor him and, and just push him in the right direction and ultimately whatever he wants to do but you know whatever he's doing keep it fun that's got to be kind of the the hard thing in your position because you want to help the kid progress but you also don't want to fucking buckle the, the little dude you know like that, <laughs> yeah, that's got to be for sure and, and it's not like you know you're on a four if you're on with a 450 and somebody else you just be like look man hold this thing wide open like you need to get up the yeah. up ramp and just fucking crack this bitch all right and then yeah. you're good there's no guesswork but like you you don't know how to hit that on an 80 like you're not doing that yeah so like he's on a he's on an island he's existing by himself <laughs> trying to like relay 100%. the info that you're giving him like so that's that's first of all got to be super scary for you and then that's got to be super scary for him and like dude talk about the pressure of put it being 13 putting on a red bull helmet and then being like fuck i gotta huck something sick yeah <laughs> and then to like and then to actually do it like yeah it made me so pumped for the kid yeah yeah me too man it was uh it was just cool because i was like like i said i was like yeah man i don't know i was like but i i know you got it but like maybe just chill and like once he was running into it and i was like honestly i don't really know how to tell you to hit it because we can come in so lazy on a 450 and just be like, burp, 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 you know, and as big of a jump it is, it was perfect. So it was like, it was so much slower than you could think. And when it feels gnarly on a 450, it's like, it's going to be absolutely insanely gnarly on a super mini. So 
um, yeah, man, so proud of the little dude and and uh, just how far he's came with overcoming that injury and coming back and like it just lit a fire under him. Like, you know, he's 13 and like, do you get the knee fixed or not? He tore his ACL and like I've done so many of them and working with doctors and and physical therapists and I got him, you know, Marco, my physical therapist for high performance, like working on him and ultimately we decided that it was the best thing to not get it fixed and he grinded and grinded and grinded he was like going to the gym like two days or twice a day every day during the week you know like just that's all he wanted to do he just loves his dirt bike so much that that's all he wanted to do was get back on so to keep the little the little dude down was really hard but uh we did and he overcame it and like dude next thing you know he was out there like he's what four or five months after tearing his ACL and he missed Loretta's and it ate him up but you know we brought him out to imagination and he worked that hard to get back on his bike and and showed up and showed out so proud of the little dude yeah it's pretty sick man so with the like the content side of things so obviously this take you take the SIG series out of it and then that means that you don't have to go it's like three two one drop like if there's a little bit of wind if there's like the what kind of weather's a bit of shit like you can't wait for the good light with the filming so i guess like those things aside just the content like you've always been so focused on content was it pretty rad to actually get to just make this about content and like what is it about the whole content game that like you've been obsessed with content since i met you yeah, I think like, you know, that was the, like I said, the best part for us was it was for riders by riders. Now we didn't have the pressure of the signature series to really make it feel like a contest. Like you got to drop it this time. It doesn't matter if it's windy or not. Like thankfully this year. And i truly believe that like, I just lost my grandpa and my grandpa was like my, my dude, you know, and he literally watched over us all week. He sent us rain in the middle of the week. It made the course perfect. There was zero wind on the days when last year it was windy every single day. So um, he ultimately helped us get through that with just, you know, creating and making the elements right. And for that to be right was was on point or it was, it was amazing. But, um, you know, looking looking at it and I told all the writers, like, I'm setting up this schedule. I'm kind of doing everything all based on content. So, yeah, it kind of sucks to have to get out there a little earlier, but the light in the morning is insane. And then midday, the light's dog shit, so we take a break, we eat, they have catered food for us, and then we ride again in the afternoon when the, the, the lighting's good. And just ultimately, when you're doing it for the content like that, you get those free ride sessions, you know, us, like, vibing off of each other riding together just ultimately to get the whole get the shots the best shots we can and ultimately show all the possibilities of every section you know the sides of jumps are perfect everything so it's just all about that content of leading up to everything everyone's fired up of seeing the content back the whole week and keeping the riders stoked on what we're doing to then ultimately like also be learning the sections at the same time but then moving around and opening up the full course at the end of the end of the week and then being able to put it all together. So not only did we make the best content, did we practice at the same time, but we showed all the possibilities for each section to then know that the possibilities in each zone 
to be able to put them all together, right? So it all boils down to like that content. Like we're there to make the, the sickest content to show the possibilities, but also to learn the course and be able to put it all together like that at the end of it. So it was super cool, man. And it all comes down to like, you know, free riding, like where free riding started back in the day from our heroes and dudes going out to the hills and, and, and creating, you know, all the steel roots and terra firmas and like the baddest movies ever and crusties and all that. It was all about content, right? So it's just ultimately it's taking that and and taking that and taking a a more competition feel and combining the two. But when you do that and you let the riders have full creative freedom, you can ultimately create it in the coolest way possible of like taking that pressure cooker situations out of it having fun the whole week and then like yeah you put it together the five minute run it adds that pressure or whatever but it's all like you just had the best week ever of creating content creating cool shit and then to be able to put it all together at the end and still link all that cool content together in one is like even better you know it wasn't easy having five minute runs like people would be mind blown of how long a five minute run actually is oh and yeah. how much ground you yeah. can cover on that on that course like it seemed like oh five minutes like last year my second run it was a two and a half minute course my second run was four minutes 58 seconds and we had a five minute cutoff so this year like these dudes would get through the whole entire course hit all close to every feature like basically cover most of it and you'd still have a minute left to go so it's like that's when you can really get creative and start doing nosies over stuff and and hitting this yeah to that and that to that and that to that you know what i mean and and believe me like it's so sick but it's so hard mentally to like remember that and then <clears throat> remember to breathe in between stuff and ultimately like when you're hitting these things and you're trying to crank it as hard as you can on each and every one of them you're holding your breath the whole time so you're basically like holding your breath for damn near five minutes and picking those little zones to to breathe but it's all you know i, I think for, at least for my my run i was thinking like the whole run i was going through all this stuff but thinking about the last jump that i had to do was that massive step down and yeah. i was thinking about that the whole time and that's like that was what screwed me in Supercross. When I was racing Supercross, I'm hitting all the rhythms good, but I'm literally hitting those rhythms holding my breath because I know the fucking whoops are coming up <laughs> and, yeah. and they're going to eat me up. So, so yeah, it's like same thing. So it's, it's tough, but, man, it's just so cool to show the creativity and ultimately just all based on content. And I think when you put those two things together, it, it, you ultimately get the best of both worlds. So stoked. Yeah, uh yeah, I think that's such a great way to do it. Like if you focus around the content because the content, like for you to make the best content possible, you've got to do the best shit possible, you know? Yeah. So I think it, it actually, it's like a loop that kind of feeds into itself um, pretty well, you know? Yep. And ultimately that's why free writing is free writing. Like and that's why we are in the position we are now is ultimately creating that content that we have for years and, you know, having a platform of social media to help that like has been huge. You know, we've lucked out of falling into this time and this age and day, yeah. that, you know, day and age that we're, you know, we're able to just go out and make Instagram videos and people want it. They want it. They want to see it. They are chomping at the bit to see it. So that's ultimately like bringing that and bringing that quote unquote contest feel and combining the two. And ultimately when you do that, you have the content, you have the creative 
creative freedom and then be able to take it to a comp like you ultimately get the results like we did you know you get the best of both worlds yeah so when you're hitting these jumps for the first time what is your thought process and the so this is what i learned when we did dream ride right so we make these big jumps in the middle of this field and so we had like probably five or six jumps and it took us so much fucking work to get it done like i (laughs) i can't even imagine what you guys did but like so when we were building dream ride i'm building it like as big as i could with what we had because i'm like oh dude i know malcolm and josh will like get here and be like like i need to impress them like i need to make something gnarly for them and then i didn't anticipate when they got there they were both like fuck i don't know if i'll be able to jump that i don't know if i'll be able to jump that I, like literally everything except like two jumps i like i don't know if i could hit that and i yeah. i was freaking out but the thing that i learned from that shoot and then every shoot i've ever done after that is pretty much every single rider from the best dudes in the world to me look at a jump for the first time and go like i don't know if i can make that like it's just a universal thing yeah for sure i think most of everything out there was like so scary man it was so intimidating and you first get there and you take some of the baddest dudes in the world of riding a dirt bike like josh hill and he looks at me and he's like i don't know if that's possible and i'm like dude just believe me like it is like everything that jason builds builds with a purpose and it it will work you just have to commit you know so to be able to to build all that stuff and and come come through it in the mindset of like i don't know if you can do it but at the end of the day the one the the day before finals before we or i guess it would be day three of practice we we tapped into k-dub's kingdom that was like the last zone that we hadn't hit and the first thing I did, it was the morning we got the rain. So the first thing I did was went out and I took a tape with all the riders and I taped out every option on there. And as long as in my head, if I'm a rider and I know the distance, I'm going to know the gear and it's all feel from that point. So if you know the distance, you're going to know what gear you think you need to get that distance in. And then you come out and it's all feel. You roll into it, you roll into it, you roll into it, you see what it says to you. And then ultimately you just have to commit. And you know, sometimes it goes good and sometimes it goes bad. And I think Colby hit it the nail on the head when he said that quote at the end of or halfway through that third episode was like, you know, you could be teeing up one of these jumps and twenty seconds from now you could be super stoked or you could be seriously injured. You know what I mean? Which is, you know, there's something to be said about facing your fears, but if you can see it, if you can mentally visualize it and see it, you can make it happen. And I'm a firm believer of that. And the more I sit and look at something, I know it's doable. It's just all about committing. And again, when I go back to the Klona thing, like don't pussyfoot it. Everything out here is fully built with a purpose. So as long as you commit, like everything's going to work. And it's crazy. Like I... Like I said, there's anywhere from 70 foot jumps to 150 and the 150 foot jumps are still third gear. Everything you'd think like it would, it's so massive. You would have to hit it way faster than you think, but ultimately it's really not. It's, it's built with a purpose and it's built perfectly. So it's like, yeah, just overcoming that it's all on and just feel and just fear you know like you can't let the fear set in too much to just like ultimately let it just 
like drive you in the hole and not do it. So, um, to me, man, I just, yeah, I'll run into it a few times and I, it's just, it's almost one of those things like you got to go hollow head. Like you don't think you just go like the more you sit and think about it and look at it, the more it's going to drive you nuts and you're going to see all those like what ifs in your head, you know, and you don't want that. Like you never want to think of like how many times does a bike break on you on a lip or anything like that. You never want to think like that. You just want to just visualize it. And as long as you can see it, you can make it happen. So, um, just so thankful that, for as gnarly as the jumps were, everything worked so good. And like, yeah, like I said, I was the one to have to guinea pig all that stuff. And, and, you know, it was all just like a feel like I'd roll into it. I'd ride off it a few times and I was like, all right. In my head, I think I know what to do. And, and for the most part, everything worked minus one jump. I think out of the 85 jumps that were on the course, I think that there was only maybe there was a few transfers definitely left on the table, but there was I think two jumps on the whole course that didn't get hit <laughs> out of really? 85. So, yeah. So, and they ate me up. Like I wanted to hit them, but the day that I took off, I couldn't, I, I was hurt. So I just wanted to chill. But the more I started to look and break down my line and how to link everything together, the two jumps that we didn't hit kind of left me in a dead space of like how, you yeah. know, I wanted the line to flow and not be like stop and go somewhere and like get lost and have to figure out where you're at. Like, I couldn't really add those features in without, you know, getting lost on the course. So ultimately because I didn't have that last day of practice, like I was hurt. Everyone else got, that was the first day that we gave everyone an open course. And I, me being in the heart of it towing everyone over the jumps, like there was so many jumps crossing, like we all had to stick together and hit one thing at a time. So I yeah. towed the whole group like they, I was they called me camp counselor TB. I was camp counselor towing everybody over all the jumps and making sure everyone was safe. But it came down to the last day and it was like, fuck, I, I've been so head first in trying to get everybody over this safely and get everyone acclimated with it that I don't even know what my line is yet. I haven't even got there yet. And you know, the, the day before of not being able to actually have an open course to myself and put it all together, like, I had no idea what I was going to do until I laid in bed the night before and I put it together. So that morning of the contest was the first time I got an open course. I teed off a couple jumps in the morning and then it was like, okay, everyone gets one five minute practice to link their whole line together. So that was the first time I still hadn't even done three of the jumps in my line. And I had to go out there and tee those three jumps off back to back to back and then go back to the loading chute and be like, all right, I'm ready and have to link it all together. So I had one five minute pull before my two runs to be able to link it all together. So it was pretty stressful, but at the end of the day, like I'd set out to do it and I knew my line the night before and I kind of just, I put it together and it was tough not having those extra practices. Cause you know, I kind of, there was times where I almost got lost in my run and I had tagged a couple jumps cause I hadn't hit them enough and, and whatever, but it was all good, man. I was just, I, I set out to be that, that dude, I was camp counselor. And I told everyone like, I will be that guy for you. I will tell you over everything. I want everyone to be as comfortable as they possible, as they can, as they possibly can. And not, not like self-destruct when they see this stuff. Cause yeah, it's gnarly, but everything's possible. And I believe in each and every one of you guys, you know? So, um, yeah, man, to, to, 
be that dude and be able to pull that off as good as I did and then switch over to athlete mode that day of the contest. And obviously I was like hurting. I could barely walk and just to make it happen and still land on the podium, I was psyched. But um, yeah, come next year, I got some work to do to be able to beat those two dudes. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, dude. Um, when When you say you got like you know the gear for the distances in your mind what's the split because it's almost like golf clubs right it's like i hit my pitching wedge 150 i hit my i hit my nine iron one 160 so it's like is that the yeah. level that you're thinking about it oh quit bragging come on dude you don't hit it that far that was for, that was for <laughs> <laughs> um, it to me it all depends on like especially the k-dub side every the biggest jump on that side was well the biggest jump in in that section was 110 in the middle i made it the biggest jump be that step down but it wasn't a jump on there it was a jump that i basically made but that step down was probably 130 ish and that thing was third gear with a super short run but it was just everything you had out of third but everything else on that that side the biggest jump in the middle of that was 110 feet and it was second gear. So it all depends on like the run in that you have and like you're, it's all built to maximize your power. So when you get down to the other side, like the 140, the step up 140 before the quarter pipe and then the 140 over the berms, like those were third gear and it's basically just everything out of third gear. So it all depends on the run, but like, you know, like the moon booter that Kalana hit, like we have that turn before it and we have like a decent run into it. So it's all just feel just burp, 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 you know? So everything like, I, I guess to answer your question, you would know just the distances. If it's, if it's a hundred, a hundred feet, a hundred to 120, like sometimes if it's a shorter run, you could get that in second to maximize your power. But if you have a little bit longer of a run, you probably want to be in third gear because if you have a longer run, you're going to be higher in the RPMs in second when you get to it. So if you go to whip, it's yeah, going to be hard because yeah. you're already in the RPM. So it's all just a feel. And I think all these guys are so good at what they do and knowing their gears and, and, and you know, what for distances and all that, that like everyone was able to figure it out, you know? So I think some of them, I would say some of the big dogs, most of the big dogs were all third on the big dog section. And then everything in K-Dub Kingdom was second gear because it was all so tight and compact, but just all built to maximize your power. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think just it's all feel and, and running and and uh, obviously just some some people are different than others. Like Josh Hill would rather with a long run in like shorten his run in and hit the 140 and third rather than like getting a longer run in and cruising fourth you know what i mean yeah so it's just all all the feel man and and these guys are so good at what they do that you know they can sit and watch somebody or t get towed over it and then know how to adjust from there yeah that's like uh there was in the edit today you could see Sealy hit that 140 for the first time and it's just like grease just straight yeah. butter first time hitting such a big jump you're just like what the fuck dude yeah and it's again dude everything's built with the purpose there's a setup jump that drops you into it and as long as you come into that setup jump with rolling speed in second you click third as you scrub it and you put your wheels down on the landing it's maximize your power in third it's everything she's got from third all the way off of it and you're going to grease it perfectly every time you're not going to go long 
because of just the the running, you know. So everything's built perfectly. It's just built very. It's scary, straight up. Like there's no doubt about it. It's all scary, but it's all built with a purpose. And it's just as long as you commit and as long as you trust your abilities, like everything will work. Yeah, yeah. No, man. I just like you look at that stuff, and I mean, I've been around times where you're looking at jumps like even you know like farm jam and stuff and it's like the mentally what's going on for you guys to hit those jumps first and to or like not not even guinea pigging first but just like anytime you're jumping a jump like that for the first time it's just like like that's a mental game eh? and and it's always scary like and you know you sort of i feel like the average joe would think like man it's crazy how they can do that but there's the same level of fear i feel like you guys are overcoming as like any dude at any vet track (laughs) yep yeah and me being the guinea pig for all that stuff like of course i was scared shitless you know but i just won't let it beat me like if you can channel that fear into positive energy and know that you can do it like again that's when i say going hollow head and not thinking about it too much and just just trusting yourself committing like and a lot of the jumps were built that like say the 140 when i hit it for the first time the one up the hill before the quarter pipe i just took off like half the way up the lip and i just hit the thing to the side just to see the distance that i would get with the speed so once i did that once i was like oh i know exactly how to hit it and just kind of commit off the top of it you know so that's just like literally it's so funny they said they're gonna make me an instagram cut of just all my like moto talk to everybody explaining how to hit yeah, it like, yeah, yeah you come out of the turn just you're out you're out and literally everything was exactly how i explained it if you come out and you like you maximize your power and you like you know you hammer that thing you give it everything she's got and you like squat your bike like push it down and like use the power and the suspension and like load that thing all the way off it's gonna work i promise you so <laughs> yeah man just stoked stoked that yeah again like i can't say it enough i'm just so incredibly stoked to get all my friends out of there in one piece because it was the craziest course that i've i can confidently say i think it was the craziest course ever built and um uh yeah like last year get having three dudes go out with injury and you know darren like ojing that thing like going 210 feet on a 140 foot jump like you know that's the last thing you ever want to see you build something that gnarly like you never want to see your friends go down and get hurt so um yeah just stoked that everyone got through it in one piece everyone put together four days of practice and then two five minute runs we only had two crashes in one case so um pretty mind-boggling that it went that good and like i said it comes back to me thanking my grandfather watching over all of us so i yeah. kept seeing butterflies flying around and i'm like hey what's up captain <laughs> thanks yeah so yeah, RP captain ron yes sir hey uh i'm just gonna piss real quick hang on or just hey i'm gonna do the same a little bit yeah delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs a gripping murder mystery Starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we're back. And that piss was incredible. Yeah, same. Uh, when you talk about uh, Durham OJ and that thing last year, um, did you learn from that? Like, was there was there a bit of learning in in that whole process last year? Um, yeah, I mean, I know he learned to not not follow me. <laughs> um, yeah, just like everybody hits things a little bit differently. And last year he had like a, he had some crazy gearing on his bike to go like he had a 14 counter when I had a 13. So I like our RPMs were just completely different. So um, for him to for him to do that and like get out in one piece, it was like, OK, like this year I want to. Yeah, I want to make the course like update the course and do all these changes, but I do want it to be as safe as possible and to be honest with you when you're building jumps like that like nothing's safe like it's shit can go wrong and and that's just that's just the way the cookie crumbles you know it's not if it happens it's when so um yeah just learning how to i guess just learning how to like yeah make everything as safe as possible like ground some stuff but again like that's that stuff happens and it's all just you know split second decisions and and whatever so i think just this year the biggest thing i learned was like at the writers meetings like look guys you haven't seen the course yet once you get there like it is going to be very very overwhelming but let's take it slow let's break everything down let's hit some of the features we hit last year first you know and it's crazy that we go down there and like the moon booter and the tree jump are our warm-up jumps. <laughs> those are like two of the biggest jumps last year. And that's what we're warming up on. But um yeah, just to take it slow and just like like everyone, you know, you tell them like, yeah, you got four days of practice and then the comp and people are like, I don't need to be there for four days until they got there and saw the course. And they're like, Okay, like I get it now, you know? There's so much going on. So just to how to slow it down for everyone and make everyone feel as comfortable as possible as like, you know, like not feeling pressured into anything. And that was the biggest thing too, that I told everyone, like this isn't an X fighters run. Like if you don't hit that jump, you're not going to get scored. Well, like if you don't hit that jump, figure out how to like hit two more that make it super creative. You know what I mean? So, um, just learning the process of, you know, how everyone's different and getting everyone acclimated, but taking it slow and, and just slowly getting, getting through it as a whole together and not like, you know, like me and me and Axel and Colby and Josh, like we get excited and like, you know, we hit one thing and we're like, Oh, let's go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one. And with that many writers, that many filmers and trying to create that content, like we can't just be bouncing around because it's just Mm. utter chaos. You know what I mean? Especially with jumps going in multiple directions, 100% just uh, as from a safety standpoint, like we got to look out for each other. We got to look alive. We got to stick to one thing. Like, let's get these sessions. Like, let's all train a jump and get the sickest clips, like all training. Like, you'd, 
like Axel, like do your turn up your way. Tom P do your upside down whip. I'll do the turn up the opposite way. And then Colby doesn't oppo whip like, you know, just shit like that and sticking together and, and taking it slow was the biggest thing I learned. And just, um, yeah, staying, keeping everyone as safe as possible in an unsafe environment to say the least. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good way to put it. Well, yeah, congrats on that, bro. <laughs> we'll put the imagination stuff to, to bed before we end. I'll ask, I want to ask you some other shit. What else is going on? Yep. Now that this is done and you fucking killed it and you certified, you're the Travis Rice of, uh, of two wheels now. Uh, what else is going on? Um, I've been working on a documentary film, uh, been, oh, uh, yeah, for yeah, 805 yeah. and fast house and, and got a bunch of, I got pretty much an hour long film that'll be coming out sooner than later. Uh, just finishing that stuff up. I've basically been working on it since, um, Thanksgiving last year. So super stoked for people to see that. Just a little look into my life and my family and my, our two wheel life of, of, you know, three generations. And, um, ultimately it's the uh, story of, you know, the, the bond between a father and son and, and three, you know, three generations of it. So, um, super cool, like interviews from my dad and my grandpa and, um, Twitch and, and Kenny from fast house and Steve and Matto and just all my, all the people that have helped me get to where I'm at. So, um, been working really hard on that. That should be coming out soon. Um, yeah. And just ultimately trying to get my foot in other doors. Kenny from fast house had got me my SAG card a few years ago and ultimately like did a few jobs, but got hurt and didn't really get to do stuff for a while. So just trying to get my foot back in that door and, um, yeah, just try to take the opportunities as they come. And ultimately I know what I'm doing right now is not going to last forever. So just trying to create create something for for the future you know like um you know i'm gonna I'm not getting any younger i just turned 30 so um you know getting a creating a family and um yeah just, just trying to take it day by day man not try to i've always been like that like people have always asked me like what's next what's after riding what's this what's that and i try to tend to not look too far ahead and just focus on you know your task at hand and live in the moment so uh, just doing that and then obviously got some events coming up there's a there's a $50,000 whip contest coming up here soon I'm kind of on the fence if I want to ride it or not I would love to but I'm pretty smoked after after my travel grind and and uh, I'm going to be working on a job like for a week leading up to that so um yeah, we'll see. I got that. And then, you know, obviously Day in the Dirt's coming up. Love Day in the Dirt. It's my favorite event of the year. Just family and friends and, and good times. And then, um, yeah, man, we'll see. I got a few other projects that I've been cooking up in my head for a while. And kind of like, you know, I still want to continue grinding on the imagination stuff and keep that going. But um, have a few other projects that I've pitched to Red Bull and, and really want to make happen. So, um yeah, some of that and just dude enjoying it, man. I've I've been especially since I got hurt, I've been nonstop, like non mm-hmm. nonstop. And um you know, this year and maybe it's me getting older and, and being more mature, but at the beginning of this year I was working really hard on the on my film, my documentary film and uh you know, I was kind of like a bit burnt out and I went to Danimals with Colby and I, I was filming with him and filming for his new movie. And I, I got blown by like a big gust of wind on a 250 foot double at Danimals. And I, uh, yeah, the wind grabbed me. I, I, I slammed hard, man. And 
you know, I have a tendency to get knocked out pretty easily, and I think there's something to be said about the new Bell helmet that I didn't knock Dude, out right. when I hit the ground that that fast. But I think it's the ones when you don't knock out that get you the worst. And mm. I, I'm going to be – I haven't, you know, gone on record with this, but it it did me dirty, man. For, like, two months after that, I had a beating headache. I was – my mind was – all over the place man and like dude just this day and age like mental health is so 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 important and uh it was hard on me man it was super super hard on me like I was trying to just be my normal self and thoughts flying in my head and and I took like three months off the bike and um just worked on this film and whatever and I got to the point where I was getting I was getting eager to get back on the bike, right? I wanted to ride. I was like, that's what that's what makes me happy. So I was like, okay, it's time. I want to get back on and I want to just start riding, you know? No, don't have to go hit ramps. Don't have to, I just want to go ride, you know? And unfortunately, right when that happened, right when I told myself I wanted to get back on, um, I got the call that my grandpa wasn't doing too well. And I basically, the day after Paula National, I took off and was driving home and I got halfway home. And my dad called me and told me that my grandpa didn't make it. And it ate me up, dude. It ate me up. And Mm. uh, literally an hour after my dad called me, I wasn't even home yet. I get the email from X Games that X Games is happening in three weeks. And uh, how I had to just channel that energy and like obviously go home and grieve with my family. But to then turn around and be like, now I can't just go ride like I have to go risk my life in two weeks you know so I spent a week with my family and then I turned around and just dove in head first back to hitting ramps and hitting the quarter and like you know like I just I wasn't enjoying it you know I bottled up so much I put so much in the back of my mind and literally like I was here you know being present riding and whatever riding the ramp and doing that but like I was here riding but my head was here you know and Mm. until about four days before x games i finally like pulled it together you know and was like all right like focus on the task at hand and and whatever i did x games and and i got through it and i i did i did well i wanted to do better just obviously for my grandpa but um dude it was so hard like bottling all that up bottling up so much energy so much emotion and like i don't know if you could people probably didn't know but when i landed off that last jump in the quarter pipe and like almost landed on the bricks and and you know there's so much going through my mind like I was the last last run last dude to go and I'm just thinking like sitting there with my head on the bars like talking to my grandpa you know like and I just almost killed myself on that last jump and then I landed and I just rode off into the hills and it just all hit me dude I just broke down like it it just let it out you know and uh just the fact that I was able to bottle that much emotion up and, and get through it and, and whatnot was good. But like I left and I was like, I wasn't satisfied. It just wasn't, I, I don't know, didn't seem fun. So, um, I just kind of took a leap of faith and I've like kind of been vulnerable and open to just talking to someone. And I've been working with, um, this guy, Troy Eckert, he actually started Volcom and now he's done a lot of stuff with just yeah, yeah. business and athletes and all this stuff. And, and he's, now more or less like a life coach. So I've been working with him once a week and just, you know, being open to being vulnerable and talking to somebody and just letting it out. And then I think that helps so incredibly much. And, and, uh, you know, it's just, it was able, I was able to take myself out of like the heart of everything and like, be like, 
take a step back and realize how far I've came and, and you know, what I'm doing currently and all this stuff. So it just made me slow down and appreciate things a lot more. And, uh, yeah. dude, that was like such a blessing for me to be able to refocus my energy. And then obviously had to take off to go, you know, be in South Carolina for a month before I went to Kansas. So to be able to do that and, and just kind of focus on those things that were bugging me was, was huge and face them head on. So I think, you know, um, for anybody out there struggling, like there's always, it helps to talk to somebody. So, uh, don't be afraid to, to open your mind to, to those, these things. Cause everyone deals with something in one way or another. And, and, you know, it's all about how you, how you overcome those things. So, um, yeah, man, that's been a huge blessing to me to be able to do that and just, you know, focus on, on all the good. And like, you know, like there's things that you, it's, we're humans, man. Like there's things that you categorize as good and bad in your head, but it's, it's not necessarily good or bad. It's just all information that your body's telling you. So it's just all how you react and deal with things and, and figure out how to, to work through things. So, um, yeah, man, that was, that's been a huge blessing. So that's, that's literally at the top of my list of before anything is just staying on top of my mental health and staying focused and, and slowing things down and appreciating things, you know? So, um, that has been a huge huge thing that I've, I've been into lately and just, um, trying to keep going on that. And I think ultimately when you do that and, and doing all these things off the bike, it translates to when you're on the bike. Mm. Yeah, man. I remember, um, I actually woke up and, uh, your Instagram post was the first thing that I saw. Fuck man. I was like, yeah, really fucking, it hurt to see that. Like, Cause I knew what, like how you'd feel, you know, like, cause he was so fucking important to your life and your racing and just still such like a active part of, of your life. And like the reason why you did a lot of stuff too, you know, like you, you've yeah. always been the kind of guy that, um, you aren't really a dude that kind of gets a joy from doing shit from, for yourself. I don't think, I feel like you're the kind of person that gets more joy for, doing things for people and it always seemed like you would want to do things for your dad and for your grandpa it's like you rode for those guys in a way and like yeah that was definitely one thing that went through my head when i saw that post i was like fuck man that's really sucks for tyler in the sense of like that's one of his fucking reasons to do this shit yeah 100 percent. i wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for him so I think the biggest thing that ate me up was like, I just wanted to tell him my goodbyes and I didn't get, get to, but the way I look at it, he, um, he didn't want me to he see knew him struggling. For sure. he, knew, he, <laughs> he knew, he knew I was coming and he just, yeah. he let go. And, and it was cool. Like, you know, the last thing that goes is someone's hearing and they can still hear you and they're still there. So, um, of course he wasn't breathing anymore, but he could still hear me. I got to talk to him for a little bit and tell him my goodbyes and the one thing that I worked so hard on this video I really wanted him to see this video this documentary because I felt like it would have been like a little give him a little more life to live of like this you know seeing my life mm. in film you know but um ultimately he didn't get to see it but he lived it so it's he yeah saw exactly. it. he will see it he'll continue to see it and he saw it so um that's all good man it is what it is and and uh just stoked to be you know in the position I am and be you know my only goal is like I how could you give back to to them for what they've done for me and you can't you really can't you physically can't no dollar amount no nothing you can but the only thing I can do is make them proud and I think I've done that so I'm just going to continue to 
to keep going and and do it you know do things how he would want and he was a he was a bad dude they called him captain ron for a reason he was captain of the ship yeah. and he, you know he was good at business and and you know he didn't take no shit so um i think i have a good balance of that and and the chill side of my dad so um it's yeah man it's all good just stoked to stoked that everyone has got got the time they did with him you know like everyone when he went out everyone died had an outpouring of people hitting me up and just how stoked they yeah. were to have met him and, and the time that they had with him so um yeah man it's all good and time time will heal all but uh yeah it was tough for sure it was a tough time but just dude ultimately to overcome that and then go into the craziest week on set that or the craziest month on set that i've had and like crazy experiences like the last six weeks of my life has been insane i've been on the road for 44 days and like this has been the most craziest two months of of my life hands down and i've done a lot of shit so um yeah man just stoked stoked to get through it together like you know my grandpa was riding riding on my shoulder the whole time so um yeah man stoked and stoked for the future see what the future holds and just taking it one step at a time little by little baby well man you're right like i remember I mean, it's definitely slowed down a lot for me here. Like, I still send it with work, but it's like I come to the same room every day to do it. And, I've, like, you can kind of build a routine. And then that almost lets you work a little bit harder in a sense because it's just so, like, it's such a process. And the process gets so dialed in. Um, but, I mean, I remember, like, it being a real struggle when I was living over there and doing the crazy shit that we used to do like yeah 21 day road trips like 14 days with three hours sleep a night and then you know like one day you'd be wake up in alaska and then the next day you're in san francisco and then you spend three days in san francisco and then you've got to go to germany like and then it's so fucking dope and it's such a crazy experience but then you're right like there is this fucking come down when you get home and you feel like if you're not doing it you're wasting your fucking life even though you're just like yeah having some normal person downtime like just that fucks with your head and then you add in like a gnarly concussion and like dude concussions can give you depression like straight up fucking depression and you know like so you add in this like come down of you know because that's what they say like living the high life like it is the fucking high life dude like getting to travel and getting to do this crazy shit and crazy experiences and be around all these epic people and then you just come home and sit on your couch and it just feels like fucking empty eh? and then mm-hmm. and then you add in you know the shit that comes from a head knock like it isn't hard to see how you can get into like a really bad place and then you lose a family member like and i'm so fucking yeah. glad that you would go and talk to somebody dude because that shit helps like i've had a few cases in my life where i've been i've reached out to therapists and you know you do a few sessions to try and you know get shit back on track like there is absolutely no shame in that in any form yeah yeah and i think you know i've never ever put myself in that position to like open up to somebody i usually tend to just bottle stuff up and i'm really good at overcoming things and kind of you know, working through them, but this time it just seemed different than all the other ones. And dude, I've had in the last, I mean, up to this last concussion, it's been three and a half years. I've had really three really gnarly concussions, you know, and that's it tends to add up, you know? So it's, um, 
it's all it's all part of it but it's just i think little things of like figuring out like self care and and the importance of mental health and like realizing all the, those things is the first step and and being vulnerable to be open you know and there's times where you're laughing and then you're crying and and whatever but it's just like so so helpful to to get that out so yeah man just Again, anybody at home dealing with it, don't be afraid to reach out because you're not the only one. You're definitely not alone. And mental health in this day and age is like realer than ever because of the times and COVID and all the things that we're dealing with. Like it ain't easy. Life ain't easy, but you know, it's all how you can, you can deal with that uneasy life and, and overcome it and, and, you know, channel it into something good. So that's it. Yeah. And man, there's, there's definitely something to be said for just prioritizing like your own like I get you call it mental health call it anything like you know I've got these aspects like I call them like these verticals in my life I got these boxes that just kind of have to get ticked every single day one of them's reading one of them's meditation one of them is hard work and then another one is hard training and then it's family and friends and it's like yeah. I have to fit that shit into my day and it's it's five things that I've picked and man like I don't I can't go a couple of days without going to the gym and doing jujitsu. I have to ride on the For weekend sure. with my boys I have to read I have to do the and then I have to work hard as fuck and like it makes a super super busy life like I don't have that much downtime but what comes with having no downtime is like no downtime to let fucking bullshit into your head you know and it's all For just sure. this like constant positivity and momentum that you're like working towards you know these kind of goals and shit that's bigger than yourself and i feel like i feel like that stuff helps so much and like the tendency that you have when you do start feeling shitty is to like stop pinning it at all the things that you've got in your life and you sit and you reflect more and you kind of like you end up kind of living in it and swimming in it a little bit you know it's yeah. just like so key to just like keep going with like those little things that you know give back to you for sure absolutely yeah just almost just taking a step back and and yeah just living in the moment like don't let you know like i said there's everything's information like good and bad and like dude life's not perfect everyone deals with struggles every day and different things but it's not all good or bad you know like of course we're gonna have like bad days but it's just all information and and how you can learn to handle those bad days and and you know get through them and then just gonna make those good days that much better yeah no i'm fucking i'm hearing you so uh what else man anything else to uh to cover cover off on what what else you been into Um, you probably haven't really had a chance to do shit i just went bow hunting with adam out there in uh, e3 that was pretty Sick. fun it's cool to sh- shoot a bunch of guns that was that was super fun um yeah i'm just i'm i've been uh mountain biking a bunch obviously just t- same grind but just yeah enjoying enjoying my time i've got uh i've met an amazing girlfriend that i have now and she's been this huge blessing just like my best friend so just stoked on that and yeah man just living living life dude it's all it's about i've i know i tend to get so consumed in moto but you know i'd like to i like to try and try and learn other things and you know i love mountain biking i love 
snowboarding in the winter and I was able to do that a little bit last winter not as much as I wanted but um yeah just kind of just cruising man I just that's the thing like I said it's a double-edged sword you do something that gnarly and that much adrenaline in one week and you come back and you're like oh what's next what's next what's next and it's like fuck it nothing I'm just chilling I'm gonna try to go on vacation (laughs) I got a few things but I'm just just taking it as it comes you know I do obviously I have on my list of things to do I have a few things like with the movie and and all that but um yeah man just just kind of cruising right now (laughs) just literally like I said I got home this morning today's first day at home I haven't even slept in my bed yet and it took everything I had in me to not fall asleep in the corner pocket of my couch before I came to do this so (laughs) (laughs) um yeah man I'm just stoked like stoked to be doing this when it's fresh in my mind and 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 just yeah still on the on the come down of of the week that I or those six weeks that I just had so um yeah man just other than that like try to focus on you know gearing up for some other projects and and um yeah just enjoy that time off like going snowboarding and hanging with my friends and traveling a little bit like I've dude it's funny I've never like and I'm gonna say this and people are gonna be like oh what do you mean but like I've never physically been on vacation like (laughs) once when I was 12 on a cruise with my grandma and grandpa but my life is a vacation, right? Like I go all these rad places and I get to see the world and I'm going there to like, to do a thing though, to do my craft, right? I'm going there to ride. I'm not going there to kick my feet up and just chill and not have an agenda. So that's like at the top of my list of things to do, take my girlfriend, go somewhere rad, kick my feet up and just chill for a minute. And then, um, I'm sure once I do that and I have a week of kicking my feet up in the sand somewhere I'm gonna be fired up to get back and get riding so winter's coming man I'm psyched to do some free riding do some traveling hopefully and hopefully we get some good winter or good rain out here this winter and um yeah dude I haven't been able to go to the hills too much lately just last few years have been pretty shitty for for rain and only had a couple good days and then uh you know the the last winter that we had was really good I was hurt so I was fucking in in physical therapy just listening to it rain just beating my head off the wall that made me train that much harder because i was so psyched to get back on so yeah man just taking it day by day i'm sure i always tell myself i'm gonna chill and then shit just pops up left and right so yeah just it's cruising it's wedding season few weddings homies weddings coming up and yeah man just just fucking chilling that's it (laughs) enjoying an 805 fucking oath get it get in there piss in the punch and carry on (laughs) yep yep that's what it's all about man team never give up we're gonna keep going just uh take it day by day and uh yeah man just stoked to be here stoked to be doing this stoked to be talking to my homie again from afar and uh you're gonna have to get your ass over here before you know it i'm working on it bro i'm working on it shit ain't easy shit ain't easy at the moment uh, and australia is gnarly huh the Oh, I guess it's not as bad in, in Queensland, but uh, the lockdowns yeah. have been pretty hectic. Hey, hey, can we talk about, please, can we talk about Jacko in quarantine? Please, Whoa. just somebody, somebody Whoa. give that dude, give that dude a TV show. Straight up, give him a TV show. That was the most entertaining two weeks. I know, Jacko, if what you're did listening, we watch? that probably... Is, 
that probably sucks for you. But the fact that everyone was able to send you all these things and you made the funniest videos out of it, you made the absolute best out of quarantine. So, dude, that shit was so fun. So fun to watch. Like, obviously, they were out here for X Games and and uh, just the fact that, like, the world we're living in, they get to come, you know, get a, a visa exemption to get over here and do it and then have to go back and pay for a hotel for two weeks. And it's like, is it really worth it? You know, but... Um, Man, the content that it came from that dude's Instagram that. stories was worth it for sure. So, uh, yeah, man, that was classic. And, um, yeah, again, I have a I have a bunch of Aussie homies, and I'm really hoping that we can get them over here for 3, 3.0. And who knows, man, who knows what the future holds. I know this logistically is a nightmare, and there's a big budget and a lot of overhead, but I think with just the traction that we gained off of it, it it'd be hard not to do it again. So I'm um, just yeah. hoping, hoping for the best and keep – keep adding keep building on it and you know eventually i'd love to take it anywhere around the world so uh we'll see man there's some hard work hopefully we make it happen no dreams too big nah it'll happen dude uh jacko's fucking manscape tattoo gun i <laughs> know <laughs> oh man it's classic classic uh, uh, you imagine that, getting like if his like dick pictures underneath the frames on the walls. He like bang, hung them up and then put the pictures back over. Like, oh, the, the the maids that freaking cleaned that room after the two weeks. Holy moly! You imagine like he probably had to get like at least two more OGO bags just to completely fill all the shit. That what did people he do with in. all this shit? <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, it's funny. He was like putting like dildos in the vent and stuff. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, mind-boggling. So classic, but man. But uh, no, yeah, man. Shit. Stoked. Thanks again for having me. Hope to see you soon. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the listen, man. I just I'm speaking from my heart and stoked to be in the position that I am to be able to create rad stuff like this and give back to the community that i love so much and yeah man stoked stoked to be stoked to be here yeah. stoked to be talking about it stoked to be stoked to be that that dude right now i mean you could say compare me to travis rice which i think is super far-fetched that dude is like not real he's like god but i mean i'll take it i guess i just there's not really anybody really doing that for the moto it's like you're bred to hate your competitor and beat your competitor so uh I don't like that. Let's go have fun. We all ride dirt bikes for a reason. That's because it's fun. So let's do it together. Create rad shit. Nah, proud friend over here, bro. You, um, yeah, the work that you guys put in, the work that Steve put in, the work that Wes and the crew put in, Jason Baker. Like, dude, I, I want to get him. Like, I want to fly him to California, like, just to get him to explain. Hey, he'll, he'll be here well. next week. He'll be here next week, uh, rebuilding the KTM test track. So if you wanted to oh, take done. a night and try to get yeah. him on, uh, that yeah. would be insane because that dude is that dude is so knowledgeable and, and he's second oh. to none at what he does and like again like I know you touched on it but I just want to yeah Steve Shear uh, Eric Doomer all the people from Red Bull that have backed me and believed in this vision and worked so tirelessly on this like thank you guys thank you Jason and his crew for making this dream a reality thank you Wes and the the media crew like all everything nothing goes unnoticed thanks to the ops crew that are sending out call sheets every day um the branding crew like you know eric pernard and, and mickey helping with the competition format and the judges my peers the writers um my physical therapist my mechanic rob like all my friends that just lent a hand to help like dude 
this is the most massive team effort and just know that each and every one of you none of this goes unnoticed and like i wouldn't be able to pull this off if it wasn't for such a solid team and foundation behind me so i love you guys thank you so much and um yeah man stoked for the future nah for sure dude well uh love you doggy get some uh get some rest and um yeah Cheers. i'll talk to you soon i appreciate it man too i know you must be fucking yeah. cooked but i'm stoked we got to get it all done. good oh, i'm stoked to do it man it's good school i needed to i needed to do it before i go zombie mode on the couch for a week you know i needed to do it while it's still fresh so uh all good thanks for having me and uh yeah hope you all enjoyed quick crazy story before i let you go um and obviously this isn't going in there, but 